Cayman's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. Good morning, Blake and Aaron. How are you guys doing? We are Fantastic. great. How are you? What do you have for us this morning? Good. So we have um, several persons being arrested. How are you guys doing? By are... the um, police for gambling. Go figure. What? I know. Okay. Yes, believe it or not, it's it's possible. Um, so three women, no less, have been arrested for selling lottery tickets, and the police continue to warn people that it is an offense to sell numbers or lottery tickets or gamble here in the Cayman Islands. Now, interestingly enough, um, we discovered when we were talking about it on uh, the Cold Hard Truth this week, is that the fines are, are just ridiculously low. Like, it's like $10.00. If you so, get so explain to me, um, explain crazy. to me how that how the numbers works. How does um, it? Work? I've got a number in my head, Blake. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I understand of it. I've never played numbers, mm -hmm. so this is what I understand happens. There are countries that numbers are played in, such as Jamaica, Honduras, and maybe other surrounding countries. And so we piggyback off of the playing of those numbers in those countries. So, for example, I mean, I don't know if I don't I don't even know if these are like official lotos in those countries or are underground lotteries or hey, how. What's what's the quick premise? You buy you buy a, you, <laughs> you buy you, you guess on a number. So you you like okay, you know, the I'm going to buy number twenty two. Is it one through a yeah. hundred? One through a I think, million? I think it depends on which one it is, so that they have different ranges and then, depending on which. And then somebody somebody draws the number, and if you get it, you win money. Yeah, yeah. How is, you, you can how, buy different pieces you know? on it as well. Well, how do you know? Because the, the person who's selling it, like everybody, I guess, who's in it knows what number is going to play, like what number eventually plays. So, so you'll it's hear a raffle. People, it's a raffle. Yeah, there's like a joke, like people in church are like messaging each other right in the middle of the sermon, like, oh, what number played what, what number played this morning? How how is that different than uh than, the, the raffle. The, than some sort of raffle that that people do on island? Well, I think the difference, and we're still looking at where legislatively the difference falls, is that I've been told um, there is legislation that has um, legitimized it for certain purposes. So if it's like an NPO who does it as a one-off, as a fundraiser, or mm -hmm. an event, yeah, like a charity or something, that has um, a legal excuse that wouldn't make it gambling. I mean, it doesn't sound that bad, playing numbers. Wouldn't you rather make a number thing here in our own country so the money's not going off-island? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I think there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of arguments in favor of it, but no, the money the money stays here. I mean, I don't know how they connect to the numbers overseas, but they've got bankers oh. in the Cayman Islands who make millions of dollars, I'm told, per annum on the illegal numbers game. And, well, and the government two, could get a little slice of that if there's one or two major players um, that you know school. everybody seems to know about. And nothing's ever done. I think the difference with a government ran um, you know lotto scheme is there's a lot of controls that have to be in place. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of expense that people don't necessarily think about that comes with it. Well, that's why in the state when you win a million dollars, you get you get like half of that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, absolutely. There's all these these things, but um, I think as a whole, supposedly um, the country, the Christian community in the Cayman Islands, um, who is always speaking out against you know the LGBTQ community, we just told us they're texting each other in church. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I, the I, hey, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sounds like pick and choosing out of the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
In other news, Triple uh, C School went down, uh, went into lockdown yesterday morning after an individual who they say did not belong um, at the institution was seen on campus. They didn't exactly say what happened after that, except that um, they saw this individual at about 8.25 a.m. The school went into lockdown and the lockdown ended at 8.57. And as a result of this, campus security, custodial and senior staff are now, um, you know, going to be putting some lockdown and safety protocols in place, which you would have thought were already there, but there you go. Bizarre. I mean, uh, like was, was this like a, was this guy dressed in a, a, a trench coat or like, <laughs> like what was they, they didn't exactly say, um, was, it, was the, he there to see uh, like a, his, uh, you know, just visiting. I want to see, uh, like my son or my daughter, or was it a, I, was it a parent? You know, it, it's, it's crafty. difficult to say. All right. Just don't know. Well, uh, you, BVI, you right did anyone ask him? <laughs> they would go up <laughs> yeah. to him and say, "Hey, man, what you I'm doing sorry, here?" You... <laughs> All right, so, lockdown. I am BVI Premier, um, who is in U.S. custody. Mm -hmm. Andrew Fahi. Um, remember, he was arrested last week in this big sting operation. Mm -hmm. He is trying to claim that he has some sort of immunity from prosecution. So his attorneys, they don't sound like they're the brightest. But anyway, um, he was claiming at an appearance, um, or they'd filed some documents yesterday, that he had immunity, immunity from prosecution because he's an elected uh, constitutional head of the government. <laughs> I mean, I mean, executive privilege? I don't was, think so. Yeah, he wasn't exactly. there on, yeah. on a... Just playing numbers. What's the problem? <laughs> You get to break the law because you're the Thank leader you of the British Virgin Islands. Needless to say, the U.S. Um, swiftly turned that down. I mean, I'm sure they laughed or, and thought yeah. that was a big joke. What was it? What, um, uh, presidential and, immunity. Or finally, yeah. finally in Shanghai, did you guys hear this really bizarre um, story about how um, this person was taken to the morgue, this elderly COVID yes. patient? No. They, yeah. yeah, they were taken to the morgue and they weren't even dead. No, they like they have him in the bag. Yeah, they like. Are you talking about here? Shanghai. Shanghai. No, they like, oh. they like loaded the guy up. He's like, no, I'm not dead. It was like it was they like had a, him in the bag out of uh, Monty Python. Bring out your dead. I'm not dead yet. Oh, you will be in a minute. He's <laughs> like, no. What? Or was that? Wow. Absolutely crazy. Yes, an elderly man was taken to the morgue in a body bag while he was still alive, and um. So now yeah. that this has happened, you know, Shanghai is in its six week of a, a, a crazy yeah. lockdown because, you know, mm -hmm. they still believe in the zero COVID policy. And, um, you know, they're making so many crazy mistakes like this that this just sort of uh, highlighted it even more. So hey, now the go. government is claiming that they're going to make some changes. You got to go. Yeah. I'm bubbling All right, guys. in 30 wow. seconds. We'll see you tomorrow. I'll tell you good about one. that Bye. later today, Blake. <laughs> Wild. Our, our segment with CMR brought to you. All right, folks, uh, the stuff that you hear that makes you go, huh? Not even, hmm, that makes you go, huh? All right, let me quickly get on the radio. We got to do this fast, pronto, pronto, pronto. Good morning, everyone. Let me just click on my little buttons and get in there. Mm -hmm. Come on, come on, computer. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child.
on the cold hard truth. Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. Okay, am I the only one who's hearing that super bizarre noise this morning? Um, radio, yeah, yeah, Sarah. Okay, give me one second. Give me one second. Give me one second. I don't think it's on my end. It's on my end. It's on my end. We need technical support this morning. Whoa, what was that? That was like alternative uh, universe stuff. Okay, we're gonna read, we're gonna try to log back in. All right, all right, Let me just log out before I drive people crazy um, this morning. Hmm. Yeah, maybe they need to start restart it in that end. Um, so, folks, uh, you know, technology being what it is, um, sometimes these things are bound to happen. So most days it works perfectly fine. And then you've got the odd occasion when it's going to do something super weird like that. So I don't, I don't even know what that's about. It's super bizarre. All right, let me see here. What's shaking? We got a lot <clears throat> of news to cover this morning. Um, so let's just give them a minute to get that sorted, and we shall retry. Radio connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Um, good morning, everybody. Yeah, I try to like not mess with any of my settings on my end. So cha, when something works, they say if it's not broken, don't mess with it. So I keep all of my board settings the same. Like I'm very, very cognizant of not touching anything. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, it's weird. 
don't know what's going on. <laughs> Richard says, DJ Sandy. I know it, it did kind of have that DJ effect, right? Where you're like scratching a record or something like. <laughs> Mm, honey child, you just go with the flip. Uh, good morning, good morning, good morning. I'm trying to clean my glasses. I took out a brand new um, cloth this morning. Um, anybody else wear glasses around here? You know, I, just, I started wearing glasses again recently. Uh, I had, um, for many, many years, I actually had LASIK surgery when I was, um, I think I was just in... I just started law school, I believe, or maybe like the second year of law school or so. Um, so I've never heard it before. Huh. Uh, okay. So, um, yeah. So... The bizarre thing is, let me just double check. Mm -hmm. Is um, uh -huh. Yep, so, okay, we'll give them a few minutes here. He says to try now. All right, let's try it and see. Let's see what's going on. Let's try it. All right, good morning, everyone, and Bobo 89.1 FM. Sounds good to me. I don't know what senior Chuck did, but I think Chuck fixed it. Shall we replay the intro? Why not? Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, beaver grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. Good morning, good morning, folks. So good to see all of you. Happy Wednesday, Hump Day Wednesday. I was just saying um, to our online viewers, my apologies, first of all, uh, for the technical difficulties. You know, 99% of the time, everything's probably perfect, and there's just that one-off uh, when things happen. But thank God for modern technology, because we can fix things so incredibly quickly. So we're going to chit-chat, uh, just have a little bit of fun conversation this morning before we have our guests come on. We have guests joining us from BVI to try to unravel that hot mess of a situation that's happening over there. Um, super interesting. And we'll get into some of the nitty gritty details uh, with some of their citizens. Uh, they've been protesting and we'll find out what they're protesting about and what they have to say uh, about what has happened with their premier, Mr. Andrew Fahi, being arrested. Um, not just arrested, but charged. <clears throat> so in the meantime, folks, we uh, can have a little discussion about fun stuff. So I was just here cleaning my glasses. I'd taken out a brand new um, cleaning cloth. And it was reminding me of, uh, for a period of many, many years, I did not wear glasses. So 
I started wearing glasses in high school and I had such horrible vision at the time. Like I remember telling my aunt, I would look at the board and I would say, you know, I, I, I'm not really seeing things as clearly as I should be. Like I kind of feel like something's a bit off. And she's like, no, your, your sight is perfect. I'm like, how can you tell somebody that their sight is perfect? Uh, you're not seeing what I'm seeing. But she seemed to have been of the opinion that um, glasses were some sort of fashion statement back in the day. And I was like, what? Sure, please. Nothing fashionable about wearing glasses. I mean, I think now they might be a fashion accessory. I don't know. But when I finally got to the um, ophthalmologist and, you know, I got my glasses ordered and I put them on, I was so shocked at how much I had been missing. Like literally we went to one of those lens crafters or something in the mall. And I'll never forget this. It was actually Tampa Bay mall, which is no longer even around. And I put them on and I walked out in the mall and I was like, you know, that song I can see clearly now. I was just like, Oh my God, when did all this happen in the mall? I was seeing signs. I was seeing like everything. I was like, Whoa, this is amazing. So, um, yeah pretty cool. Um, and then I had LASIK surgery many, many years ago when I was in law school here in the Cayman Islands. And it was so, I'm actually allergic to this. Is, you're going to learn a little bit something about me this morning, but I'm actually allergic to certain metals. So I can't wear costume jewelry. So I can't wear anything that has like the alloy metals in it, which includes uh, metal glass frames. So that's why if you see me, you'll always see me with plastic frames because the metal frames actually rub against my skin and on the sides, they actually erode my skin. And right here, like it's, you know, it's, it's horrible. So for many, many years, metal frames were like, it was really hard back then to find plastic frames. And it was such a difficult situation. Like I, I, if I tried to exercise or play sports, that would agitate it more because of the sweat. And it was just crazy. So um, I saved it. I remember saving up my money and I got LASIK. Uh, surgery. And it was the best thing that at that time I'd ever spent money on. I felt like it was such a miraculous invention. Miraculous invention. Uh-oh. I just came back for a brief second there. Um, hmm, what's going on there? Okay. So, um, yeah. So anyway, um, for about 15 years or so, I was great had perfect vision. And then after I had my daughter, I noticed that my vision started to deteriorate. And I went in here to one of the eye doctors and they said, oh, you know, this is part of, of pregnancy, of having a baby. All sorts of things go haywire. Nobody told me your hair falls out, your feet grow. <laughs> what? Um, and apparently your vision, because the hormonal changes is also impacted. So she said, you know what? Don't do anything right now. Just kind of wait, see if it's going to settle back down, et cetera, et cetera. Well, I don't know if it's settled back down or not, but here we are wearing glasses again. So um, every time I put glasses on and every morning you see me here cleaning my glasses, I'm always surprised at how much debris ends up on your glasses, like lint and dust and whatever. And it's occurred to me, this is just one of those odd things that I think about sometimes, um, all that stuff on your glasses, you know, you have to clean them. But when you don't, for people who don't wear glasses, where does all that stuff go? Is all that going into your eyes? Now, I know your, your eyelashes act as a natural filter, but still, that's like a lot of stuff in glasses, child, that's being prevented from going into your poor little eyes. I'm like, wow, you got to take care of your beautiful eyes, folks. So thank you so much. Virtuous says, good morning, Sandy. You're looking fine like new wine. I love the colors. Um, Thank you. Uh, you guys know I kind of refreshed part of the wardrobe recently, so I appreciate all of you noticing. 
Uh, good morning to Sharm. She says, my mom had the laser done a few years ago and it doesn't last, unfortunately. Well, I was told, which funny enough, I didn't know at the time that I did it. I went to Baskin Palmer, best eye institute probably in all of America. And um, I am now told that it actually doesn't last forever because your eyes do change. You know, as you get older, you need reading glasses and all that kind of stuff. And so, um, yes, it's... Uh, it, it kind of, it's not as bad as it it was for sure, you know, but it does sort of revert back a little bit. So Miss Beulah is loving the top as well. Yeah, green is not a color I wear a lot of, but you know, you got to, you got to mix it up. Why not try something new? Uh, Marshall says, I do, and I have to make sure that they're clean before I put them on. Yeah, I always feel weird if I've got like a lint or something on my glasses. Good morning to Mr. Blair. He says it's some kind of reverb button that needed adjusting. Well, I don't know all the technical stuff. So let me let me tell you all about my night. Um, so we do have some guests joining us in about 15 minutes. So you, I don't know if I told you guys this, but Jana's under punishment. Mm -hmm. So she has, uh, <laughs> she has a sweet tooth. Let me tell you what, what the real issue is, right? Partially my fault for more reasons than one. I have a sweet tooth, so I do sympathize with the child, but I'm trying to curtail the sweet tooth habit before she gets like me, like at my age. And it's like, uh, every luxury chocolate in the world, you have to like fight off, right? So I'm really doing my best to try to teach her self-control and proper diet because there's nothing worse in the world, I feel like, than growing up in a household where you learn a lot of bad habits. So whether it's like lack of exercise, a poor diet and all this sort of stuff, right? So we really balance meals like every parent. You got to eat your vegetables, but you know, like, like fruits, vegetables. Well, she loves the fruits because they're sweet. The vegetables, eh, outside of broccoli, it's a little bit of a challenge, right? And uh, she loves bread which isn't something, I'm not a bread person, you know? So I try to tell her, tell her already at five and a half, that's a lot of starch. Like you want a piece of bread, you, you know, uh, potatoes, bread, rice, da, da, da. And she's like, why can't I just have a slice of bread? She doesn't eat a whole lot. So, um, you know, she was a preemie and she weighs very, very little, like she's super light. And she'll just be like, oh, for dinner, I just want a slice of bread. For breakfast, I want a slice of bread. I'm like, no, you've got to eat other things. Like, it's really important for you to get your nutrients from food and you got to mix it up. And so it's it's a daily challenge. So I had bought um, a little chocolate, um, one of these uh, crunch, like it had the little, I forget what the brand is, might be called crunch or something. But anyway, it was shaped like a little egg for Easter, right? And I had it in the fridge, didn't eat it, just bought it and had it there. Rule number one, if you don't want to eat something and you're trying to control your diet, don't buy it. That, that's that's where we all go wrong, right? So we buy it and we stick it in the fridge, in the pantry, and the temptation is there. And when you're having a weak moment, like little five-and-a-half-year-old Gianna, mm -mm, here we go. So she had taken it out of the fridge. And normally I try to put stuff high where she can't really reach it. But anyway, she reached this one. She took it out last week. And she said, can I have this? And I said, no, Gianna, you can't. Put it back. Well, I didn't think too much about it afterwards until Sunday night. I was uh, in her room and I opened up her drawer and I saw the candy wrapping in the drawer. <gasps> I was like, what? So I called her and I said, Gigi, what is this? And she like looks at me like, uh, uh, no, no. And I said, um, I'm pretty sure this is the same candy wrapping that I told you not to eat on Thursday. And it looks like to me that you snuck it in your room and you ate it anyway. 
And then she doesn't even, she's not even smart about getting rid of the evidence. She like sticks the paper in the drawer where I'm eventually going to find it, right? Mind you, I used to do the same thing to my aunt. I thought this was a move that I would have done back in the day. So uh, anyway, I said, well, I'm going to have to punish you. She's like, what's that? What's punishment? <laughs> I said, well, punishment or consequences. What's consequences? I said, well, when you do something wrong, the consequences is what happens. And sometimes consequences can be good, but I mean, you know, not when you're doing something wrong. So her punishment was three days, no access to anything, uh, no TV, no YouTube, no iPad, nothing for three days. She can't go in the master suite where she likes to go and sit down or lie down in the bed and like, you know, put up her feet, eat her popcorn and watch TV. Not none of that for three days. So uh, we're two days down. She's got today, one day left. And then tomorrow she can regain, provided nothing else happens between now and tomorrow, she can regain her privileges. So last night on her own accord, she's like, mommy, I'm really sorry. And even this morning she comes again, I'm sorry, I promise I won't eat chocolate again. I said, the lesson here isn't about eating chocolate. I said, sometimes we all want a little sweet. We want, it's about when mommy or daddy says specifically, you cannot do this or you must do this. And then you do not listen. That's the lesson that I want you to get. This isn't even about the chocolate. Yes, in this instance, it was a chocolate, but it could be anything. Your punishment would be there. If I said to you, don't do this or do this and you disobey me, that's where the punishment comes in. So she's understanding the concept now of punishment and consequences, right? And this is the first time that she's had a privilege like this taken away, you know, other than like sitting in the corner and that sort of thing. And three days in the world of a five and three quarter year old is a long time. So folks, all I can tell you is um, it's been torturous for her, but I think she's getting the lesson. And she said this morning, she apologized again. And then she said to me last night when it was bedtime and we were talking about it, she said um, it was um, an accident. And so I said to her, I said, an accident? I said, honey child, there's no such things as accident when you um, do something wrong. So I said, this isn't an accident. This is you made a decision to do something. And she was like thinking about it as I'm explaining to her. And I said, an accident is when you, um, when you do something that you have no control over. That's what an accident is. This is not an accident. So I feel like early on, we have to teach, um, you know, children these messages and, um, you know, if they don't get the message uh, early on, then that certainly becomes um, problematic. And it's it's about constant reinforcement. Um, yes, yeah, so that was my BVI people calling. All right, so they just wanted to get a heads up on when we'll be going live. Okay, so... Um, oh gosh, I got to send you guys, a, I got to show you all a picture that someone just sent me with them and their CMR mug. Having some morning tea. Thank you so much. Love it, love it, love it. Um, so yeah, poor little Gianna. Uh, and the other thing is, as a parent, especially with sweets, it is very, very difficult, folks, um, for us to control the whole, you know, sweet uh, situation because, Every single birthday party, every single, you know, event that you go to, 
other parents have, you know, the little, the little goodie bags that you get, they're filled with candy. And I'm just like, why give them toys, give them little gadgets. Why is it filled with all this candy? And then when people want to reward children, what do they do? Here comes a chocolate. So my girlfriend came over on Friday and she hadn't seen Gianna. Um, and she brought her, um, a, uh, Easter thing of like M&Ms. And I was like, why? <laughs> so I had to confiscate them right away. So now she's like, well, we can donate. Cause we donate when we're not going to use stuff, we donate stuff. So she says, mom, can we donate the candy? And I said, okay, well, who are we going to donate it to? Well, we can donate it to like her friend across the street or other. And I'm like, why would I be trying to give other kids cavities and bad habits? So it's such a challenge really. And, you know, I do feel horrible throwing stuff away, um, but candy and sweets and ugh, it's, it's a, it's a, it is a challenge. And like I said, I appreciate her challenge because I myself have a bit of a sweet tooth. So good morning to Marina. Uh, Kim Maria, good morning. Says, yes, curb her from now. Bend the tree from its young. The Bible says, train a child up in the way that it should grow. And when they're young, they will not, when they're young and they, they will not depart from it. Yeah. And it, it is really, really hard, you know, because children at a very, very young age, they make so many observations um, about everything that we do. So, you know, my husband always says the best teacher is your own behavior because they are making observations. You can say whatever you want to a child, but if you're doing the opposite, then the child will go, Hmm. So it's say what I, um, do what I say and not what I do. So yes, absolutely. Um, my dear, good morning to Jennifer. Morning, Sabrina. Luis is here. Good morning to Sarah, uh, Richard, Wee Wee, um, another Luis. Good morning to you. Rita Buenos Dias. Marshall says, looking good this morning. The green looks good on you. Yeah, I had no idea that the green Carmely says looking beautiful. Um, sometimes just a color change is all y'all need, all we need. Uh, good morning, Felicia. Irvlin, of course, has got it locked. Um, Sherry Ann also says good morning from Pennsylvania. Wow, gorgeous. Um, Tracy says, may the fourth be with you. May the fourth be with you. Today is uh, May the 4th. So Olivia, good morning. Good morning, Diamond Princess. And of course, Miss Virtuous is here. Anybody else struggling with dietary issues? Um, the struggle is real. Believe me, you. Um, I completely understand. Hmm. Yeah. You know, th thankfully, I, I have a little bit of a varied palate. So I don't mind. I love salads, actually. I love me a good salad. And um, I also love most vegetables. There's a couple that I'm like, eh, it's kind of hard to eat them. But, uh, you know, you've got to train. And this is what I keep telling my daughter. Variety is the spice of life. You've got to um, be a person who can, you know, know a little bit about this and that and eat, eat all sorts of different things. And, you know, yeah. Malicia, pleasant good morning to you as well. 213 people between YouTube and Facebook this morning. So lovely to see our YouTube folks. Uh, where are you guys at? Do a big shout out. So let me show you um, a photo that was just sent in by one of our viewers. He is watching the show on his, um, it looks like Facebook, on his phone. And he's got his CMR coffee mug right there. So look at that. There he is enjoying a good cup of coffee and watching CMR live and direct at the dining table. Thank you so much. Appreciate the photo. Um, CMR mugs were a hot commodity 
I think we have just a few left. Uh, we do need to order some more. So we have our fifth anniversary that's coming up here shortly, folks. And we're going to be ordering some CRMR merch. Um, you guys have been giving us some ideas. And we're still trying to finalize exactly what we will be ordering. So don't forget, good people, the number is 936-2626. We're going to be getting into the whole BVI situation here this morning with some of their experts so that we can get a real feel for what's going on and then also update you. So in the meantime, this situation with Triple C was like super weird about them going into lockdown. Um, connection information is on, let me. Um, I may have you, Kevin, if you're watching, I'm going to have you um, assist this young man. For some reason, he's saying that he cannot get on. So I'm going to just give him your number. And if he messages or calls you, you can kind of help him. I'm not sure why some people seem to have such a difficult time getting on because it's actually really simple. Like you literally um, just click a link and that's it. Um, yeah, I'm not sure why some people have a difficulty with it. Uh, you do have to, depending on whether you're doing it from like a computer or anything else, um, you do have to make sure that your settings, especially for phones, um, are activated so that you're able to, um, to get on, yeah. All right, so, um, okay, so hopefully we'll get them sorted out. So this situation at Triple C uh, yesterday where they had to go into a bit of a lockdown, they sent out an email to parents um, a little bit strange that they don't have a policy already in place for this sort of thing. Uh, every single school, I mean, this is 2022, folks. And Cayman has lived in somewhat of a bubble for quite an amazingly long time. But, you know, we've never had any sort of a major incident at schools here, sort of. Although John Gray had a person show up fighting other kids. But, you know... The, the point really is you need to have a plan before the major incident. So every time you turn on the news in the U.S., there's always something crazy going on. K-Man is not necessarily immune from any of that. So as a school administrator, if you're listening this morning and you have no contingency plan for if this happens at our school, what's our, what are we going to do? How are the kids going to be evacuated? How, how do we go into lockdown mode? Uh, uh, yeah. You know, y'all need to make sure that there is a plan in place and that occasionally you do drills as well so that the children know exactly um, what's happening. So one of the um, most interesting things um, when we saw the email that was sent to us, uh, it said, Dear Triple C Families, uh, be advised that there was a lockdown this morning. And um, people in our news group, uh, we were looking at this email thinking, um, this was not the best written email uh, coming from like the school principal. Like they expected a little bit. Uh, someone said in the group, what a poorly written email, uh, for, especially coming from an educational institution, shaking my head. Anyway, what can you do? Um, someone else mentioned, says we had an earthquake. You think that would have prompted them to have a plan? Yeah. I mean, how many of us now have an earthquake plan? I don't know, but if you don't, uh, you should, because mm -hmm, that is, is super important. It just always surprises me how little in life we actually plan. I call it the Britney Spears syndrome. 
right? Remember her song, Oops, whatever, I can't remember the words, but, um, you know, so it's just like parenting. Nobody plans, y'all don't plan children or anything else, right? You just have them. You're like, oops, I did it again. Oops, got pregnant again. Oops, school gone into lockdown again. It's just like, come on, folks. Um, having a bit of a contingency plan in life for certain foreseeable situations isn't all that difficult. Hurricane season is right around the corner. Y'all got a plan? Speaking of that, the NRA, the National Rules Authority, and Public Works actually had a hurricane preparation exercise this morning. It might still be ongoing, as a matter of fact. So at least they're planning ahead and um, they're going to be joining the show potentially next week to tell us a little bit more about that. So the hurricane preparedness exercise between the Public Works Department and the National Rules Authority um, took place this morning starting at 6.45 a.m. So this is where um, they do this every single year for quite a, a t uh, some 35 years now, it says. And, um, you know, it allows them to test the government's emergency preparedness activities. So they, they make an assessment of the government facilities. They're installing and repairing hurricane shutters. They are um, doing a stock taking of storm-related supplies. Because remember, at these hurricane shutters, uh, hurricane shelters, my apologies, they will have a number of supplies on hand and other things that they need to make sure are still good for consumption or the, you know, the facility is still up to par. And so they have began um, that exercise this morning as well. All right. So I do see our guests um, in the studio. And so we're going to go ahead and uh, switch the conversation. Um, someone says, um, you're lucky you only have a sweet tooth. I have a flipping tusk. <laughs> The struggle is real, folks. I do uh, completely understand. Boom Flick, buenos dias, mi gente hermoso. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Melicia is here. Josephine, buenos dias. Aquaman says, good morning, Sandy. You know I'm locked onto 89.1 FM. Uh, keep the show going. So important that we have a voice once again, Bobo. Aw. The feedback on the, uh, since we've launched on radio has been phenomenal. Yesterday I was at the coffee shop here in Savannah and a gentleman stopped me and he said, oh my God, Sandy, thank you so much for the show. I wish this was on years ago, uh, but you're doing a phenomenal job and these are bringing all the topics to the community that we need to hear about. And you know, they say nothing before it's time. So here we are now. You're right where you're supposed to be. Ignacia, good morning to you. Virtuous says God is telling us something every day to eat less because there's a famine coming. Well, there are food shortages all over the world. I think that Cayman has not necessarily been impacted like a lot of poorer countries. You know, when you're a poor country, you you feel it first. And so um, th there's always a famine depending on where you're at. But I do believe that uh, there's certain countries who really, really are struggling now um, with the provision of some very basic uh, food items. Cayman, we're so lucky. You know, when, when I hear people complaining about things that are happening here, not to say that we don't have legitimate complaints and we don't want it to get to a certain uh, standard and go in a certain direction, but I always say to them, listen, we've had how many Cubans come in here every, every other day by boatload? And you know why they're coming here? Because this is still one of the best places in the world to live, <laughs> you know? And we have got uh, folks, people who um, would, would give you an arm and a leg to be able to live the kind of life that most of you are living. So let us be ever so grateful. Uh, Charlene, good morning. 
So good to see you. And Mr. Amelia is here. She says, good morning, Sandy. Have a blessed and uh, victorious day in the Lord. All right. So let us welcome our guests to the program this morning. We do have Miss Amberly Crabb, who is joining us. And um, Amberly, I want to, let me just pull her into the studio one second here, folks. We're going to go ahead and grab her. Good morning, Amberly. How are you? Good morning. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. So we're going to learn a little bit about Amberly, and she's here to give us all sorts of uh, information about um, what she has been up to. And it's it's quite interesting. Um, you know, you guys are the experts. So, you know, I'll leave you to tell us what's happening in BVI. But Amberly is a community activist and entrepreneur. She began her professional career in 20, 2008, my apologies, working for the government of the Virgin Islands in the International Affairs um, Secretariat. And later on, she moved on to their immigration department. She's since left the public service and has entered private sector, where she owns businesses in the area of commerce, customs brokerage, shipping log logistics, and veterinary services. Uh, Amberly is also a long-term mentor to at-risk high school girls and sponsors literacy programs for children in her community. So over the past five years, speaking of hurricanes, Amberly has spearheaded the hurricane relief efforts to benefit Tortola and the Bahamas and collaborated with groups to organize peaceful protests against systemic racism, uh, police abuse of power, and more recently, events surrounding the partial suspension of the territory's constitution, which is where we're going to be focusing a lot of our discussion this morning, because, wow, Amberly, a lot has going has been going on. But not to be left out, we also have Julio Henry. Good morning, Mr. Julio. Good morning to you. Good morning to your listening audience. All right. So Mr. Julio was born on the island of Tortola in the British Virgin Islands. Uh, he completed his secondary schooling in the United States and has an associate's degree from a college in Washington uh, State. He returned home and back in 2001 to work in the tourism and hospitality industry, where he has operated his own business for the last 20 years. Uh, Mr. Julio is community minded and driven to succeed, and he is also here as an active voice against social and political injustice um, on the rights of his people. He says that I believe in fair due process. I believe in renewed opportunities and commitments by our people to improve, change, implement, adjust, and correct any shortfallings that may that they may face along life's journey. So he um, is a voice for the disadvantaged, the helpless or week. So thank you guys both so much for joining us this morning. Uh, we also have, uh, sh oh, you're going to kill me for not getting this right, but Shaina um, joining us from the Virgin Islands. And um, she is the host, in case you guys have missed it, every other Wednesday, it's simulcast here on Cayman Mall Road of Territories Talk. So of course, the territories around the region are all um, looking at this BVI story. So let, let's back up a little bit and update people on where we are. So in the event that you have been living in a crab hole, because that was probably the only way that you wouldn't know uh, mm -hmm. what is happening in the British Virgin Islands or not, well, in the British Virgin Islands and, and around it, is that their premier, uh, Mr. Andrew, is it pronounced Fahi? Is that how he pronounces it? Foy. 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 Andrew Foy. Foy. Yes. Ah, okay. 
So he has been arrested by the American authorities and they have a 19 page indictment alleged uh, money laundering and cocaine trafficking, a conspiracy to traffic cocaine. Now we have to talk a little bit about how Mr. Andrew found himself in this predicament because I must tell you, um, I was reading it and thinking somebody's got to make a movie out of this. This is unbelievable. Uh, were any of you shocked? I mean, I don't know how close you guys are to um, sort of the, the politics of what happens in your country, but were any of you shocked by this? I mean, were you shocked as me? I was pretty shocked. I mean, who wouldn't be? Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, it's not something that you wake up and you expect to happen in your news or in your, your country mm -hmm. at any given point in time. Um, so I think I think uh, Julio would share the same sentiment. We all were um, very, very shocked. Mm. Um, and we're still trying to recover from that shock. And we have other things on our plate that has distracted us greatly. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, um, in any event, uh, there's a number of things that, you know, have um, come out of this. Of course, as a territory, it has far-reaching implications for all of us. And I think all of us are, are closely monitoring and watching the UK's response to this because I think that a lot of times we forget that we are overseas territories. So we're not independent countries, you know? And so with that, we are still tied to the motherland, you know? And it's like, I was saying to someone yesterday, I said, listen, we, we've all been kids and young adults and whatever. You're in your parents' homes. What do they tell you? Well, you're in my house. I got house rules. You're going to follow my house rules. You don't get to live in somebody else's house and dictate to them what the house rules are going to be. So this is the analogy that we use with the UK in terms of, you know, the parent and child sort of analogy. And of course, at some point, one has to wonder if the child doesn't have to move out and move on if you want complete um, autonomy. But we're going to talk about some of those uh, details. Um, Julio, yesterday, your premier's attorneys, now I don't know where he found these fandangle attorneys from, but um, they actually were submitting an application on his behalf where they were um, claiming that he had immunity. So he was actually trying to make this legal argument that he had immunity because he was head of state. Did you hear about this? I'm assuming, Julio. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I, I've been following the news coming from overseas and, and local. So um, the premier is entitled to due process. So whatever whatever um, that entails, whatever the United States uh, um, uh, have in place, um, he's entitled to that due process. So whatever legal wrangling the, the lawyers is trying, I think it's within their, their, their purview to do that. Mm. Well, um, yeah, I guess if, 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 you know, whatever's available to you, you can certainly try. Um, right. The interesting news is he was not successful. And so um, his application was turned down. And we do have a copy of the, um, I guess, the notice um, of invocation of immunity. So this is the United States of America. This is their response to that. Very simple three-page document, folks. And essentially, let me make sure you guys can see a little bit of this. Um, essentially, they have turned down um, his application. So uh, it says that he accepted thousands of dollars in bribes and planned to accept even more. And on May the 2nd, the defendant filed a so-called notice of invocation of immunity in which he purported to claim immunity from the drug trafficking and money laundering crimes that he committed. 
This is interesting because I thought to myself, as someone who has a law degree and a little bit of legal knowledge, when you invoke uh, this particular, um, you know, uh, thing, you're basically, I think you're pretty much admitting that you did it. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is where I thought, mm, strategically, well, I'm not sure, too sure uh, that this might've been the best policy. Right. So, um, sorry, Amberly. No, I was going to say now, while, while I understand that position, I think mm -hmm. uh, it's important to understand that there are multiple things happening for us as a territory here in the Virgin mm -hmm. Islands right now. And while the situation with our premier seem to have captured uh, the headlines that yes. has caused a spiral in what was our already ongoing um, commission of inquiry um, into our administration, the mm -hmm. two uh, issues now compounded um, has tossed us in a very interesting space where our constitution lies on the line and it is a very fluid situation that we are dealing with daily on the ground every day. And while the premier situation uh, is indeed a serious one, there's a country at stake here that has to mm -hmm. continue. So I think it's important for us to actually look at the territory. Uh -oh. To look at the territory and what the people here are going through and demanding and requesting mm -hmm. and what's happening on the ground and allow due process and the legal system uh, and what happened uh, with our premiers, unfortunate as, as it is for us as a territory, mm -hmm. to allow that to run its course. Um, yes. Because and at some point, take over um, the identity of who we are as a territory. Yes, yes it's shocking. Yes, it has um, implications, but the territory still remains and the people still remain and at, at heart fundamentally mm -hmm. we are we are not the situation that we're tossed in right mm -hmm. now so so i prefer um really to to deal with who we are as a people um yes. and to educate and get that message out there because we're not hearing much about that versus yes. boom the shocking element of yeah you know, the has but and in all fairness, Amberly, you wouldn't be yeah. in this situation if it wasn't for him. <laughs> so we can't really well, separate. Well, well, that's not true. That's not okay. true. Well, our, well, our, governor, yes. our, our governor made the statement that the two are not connected. So unless there's a conspiracy, um, they can't, they're not connected. We had a commission of inquiry that was um, placed on the territory months before anything related to the premier. And it's what, unfortunate. What that, Commissioner, tell us a little bit about that inquiry. What is that all about? It, it's unfortunate that the premier found himself in that situation. None of us are condoning that situation. We, we're not in agreement with it. Um, mm -hmm. But again, the two are two different situations. One is the, the, the ownership and governance of this territory. We are not property. We are individuals. We are a advancing country. And we are now coming together to say that despite whatever challenges we're having with our governance, the, mm -hmm. the, the UK responsibility now is to help us get on track, not to come in and take over the country, to help us get on track. Um, like every other nation, even the independent ones mm -hmm. that are having challenges with governance, that are having issues with corruption, you're going to always mm -hmm. find those things going on. Uh, it's up to the authorities and the, 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 the governing bodies
to ensure that good governance is adhered to. So this is where we are right now. Well, explain to us, because I must tell you, um, although we, we share, you know, the fact that we're both overseas territories, I think every OT can be so incredibly different. And I personally don't know anything about BVI politics until now I'm starting to learn a little bit um, about who some of your key players are. So explain to us what this um, inquiry was about before this happened last week. Well, what is what does that have to do with? Uh, Emily, you want to check it? You want to check it? Um, so a when our previous governor was departing um, at the end of his term, a commission of inquiry was requested to look into whether or not there were any dishonesty or any issues within our public um, sector or public service mm -hmm. uh, with public officials. And there was a requirement to provide um, the findings, of course, and any recommendations to fix any um, issues of structural, procedural um, challenges that are either dated or that cause some form of disruption in our course of public administration. So an inquiry was launched into that. Um, based on the findings of the inquiry, I don't know that any person in the Virgin Islands have had the opportunity to thoroughly go through the report because we've only gotten the report on Friday. Mm. We've gotten a, so all of this went down documents. on Friday. Yes, so we've gotten over 900 document on Friday. And oh, wow. here we are now um, on Monday morning, um, now into, uh, into Wednesday, now deciding the future and fate of our country on a, uh, the basis of suspending our constitution based on uh, the primary recommendation, well, the, the first recommendation mm -hmm. um, from those uh, findings um, mm -hmm. on a report that should have been delivered based on your timeline in June. So if the two are not connected, why are we now here being rushed to have to process and go through a 900 page document make a decision because there's something else happening in another space, unfortunately, with our leader. Um, I think mm -hmm. we, we need to realize if they are indeed two separate issues, let them run their course individually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if there are issues within our public service, within our public sector, there's a conversation of whose responsibility it is. The local government is responsible for policy. The government is responsible for governance and administration. And there seems to be some disconnect there on, on taking responsibility. Either way, if we need to fix issues within our, so, our service, then mm -hmm. let's have a conversation as governor, as you rightfully mentioned, to some extent, we are OTs and there's a certain relationship. How can you assist us in rectifying these systems? How can you assist us in getting modern, a modernized government or modernized mm -hmm. structure? versus suspending my constitution and doing it for me. What's the basis for suspending my constitution? I think that is what is unclear. Mm -hmm. Well, let's read um, some of the statements that have been made uh, by governor. His name is, um, oh gosh, let me just tell you. Um, mm -hmm. 
Um, John Rankin, Mr. John Rankin, very interesting last name. Rankin is a popular K-Man name, by the way. Um, but he's, he issued a statement on, on Thursday, April the 22nd at 3.55 p.m. And he says here that I'd like to provide an update for the people of the British Virgin Islands and recent law enforcement action taken by the United States Drug Enforcement Agency, which I have been informed um, today. It is my duty as governor to inform you that this morning, the Honorable Premier, Andrew Thai? Um, Foy. 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 <laughs> um, is that a French name? Uh, was detained in Miami on drug-related, on charges, sorry, related to conspiracy to import a controlled substance and money laundering. As this concerns uh, the arrest of a British citizen, the U.S. government has informed the U.K. government of this arrest as part of the usual process followed when a British citizen is arrested abroad. The U.K. government has subsequently informed me as governor. As this is a live U.S. investigation, I have no further information on the arrest, nor can I comment any further on it. However, what I can confirm is that the arrest was a U.S. operation led by the DEA, and it's not linked to the Commission of Inquiry report. The remit of the Commission of Inquiry focused on governance and corruption and was not a criminal investigation into the illegal drug trade. To avoid unnecessary speculation, I intend to move forward urgently on publication of the inquiry report to the people of the BVI um, can see its contents and its recommendations in the areas it addresses. I will, I will have a call with Minister Milling and the Acting Premier Honorable Natalio Wheatley tomorrow to discuss further engagement between the UK and BVI on this urgent issue. I realize that uh, this will be shocking news for the people in the territory, and I will call for calm at this time. The Honorable um, Deputy Premier Natalia Wheatley will remain acting Premier of the territory, and I will discuss with him and Cabinet the way forward in continuing to support the good governance of the territory. And I'll provide a further update in due course. So he has made it very clear in his statement of last week, Thursday, that the two are completely unrelated and that he did indeed, um, given this new development. So they're unrelated, but, you know, obviously given this new development, he has said that um, to prove to the people, I suppose, that they're unrelated, that he would actually then, uh, you know, expedite the release of, of the increase. So maybe they were just finalizing some typesetting of it. Now let's look at another statement here from the Foreign Secretary Liz uh, Truce here in the UK. She also issued a statement on April the 29th ahead of the publication of the Commission of Inquiry Report into Governance and BVI. So she said the following, these are quotes from her, the arrest yesterday of the Premier of the British Virgin Islands and charges related to drug trafficking and money laundering is extremely concerning and underlines the need for urgent action. In January of 2021, we set out significant concerns about the deteriorating state of governance in the British Virgin Islands, as well as the potential vulnerability of the islands to serious organized crime. The UK government supported the then governor's decision to launch an independent inquiry into governance of the territory. The inquiry report published today by the governor shows clearly that substantial legislative and uh, constitutional change is required to restore the standards of governance that the people of the British Virgin Islands are entitled to. I have instructed the Minister for the Overseas Territories to travel to the territory immediately to speak to the governor and key stakeholders, and uh, we will then announce a clear path forward. The Overseas Territories are a core part of the UK family. The UK government is committed to the security and well-being of the people of the British 
Virgin Islands. So um, there's no final decision that has been made yet, but obviously it's on the table that the UK could take um, complete control essentially of the operations and the runnings of the BVI, which is what you guys are protesting. Yes, it is what we're protesting. And as I mentioned earlier, it's very fluid on the ground right now because Mm -hmm. our um, members of our House of Assembly, they continue to meet. They have been meeting all through the night and yesterday. And I think we do expect to hear from them shortly um, in terms of a solution that they would have come come to to get to move the country in the right direction. Um, Or I should say on a different path versus mm-hmm. what we are currently tossed into um where where that all stands right now mm-hmm. um while you were reading um madam milling's report or statement that she made mm-hmm. or she released um alluding to the rampant corruption and stuff mm-hmm. in the territory this is where our concern lies if there's corruption within the territory the governor is responsible for police and security then that means you've been sitting here and not doing your job all along or you've been yeah. standing by if there is right if we look at our systems there has been more police officers brought before the courts tried convicted a number of the drug charges that has mm-hmm. happened including recent ones we've had a container of of stuff you know found in police yards in their properties mm-hmm. there are no there are no drastic measures being required within the police force but you want to suspend my constitution on the basis of a commission of inquiry that the recommendations in a number of instances are to investigate further so mm. there we have suspend their constitution and then we have about 43 other things that are either very minimal or calls for further investigation. So I don't understand really mm-hmm. why is it okay for you to allude to all this corruption that's happening under your watch, your mm-hmm. responsibility and even within your force. Mm-hmm. But you can clean that up. And in the interim, because it's taken place in the territory, and now whether a premier has been caught in this situation, I don't know the details of the facts. I only know what's released to me. And I don't even know if he's had his day in court. I don't know that. I'm not trying to get involved in that. What Mm -hmm. we're trying to say as a people are, we are not that. And a lot of what is happening and has happened, it has been under your watch. So why suspend my constitution to give you full control of the very problem that you're complaining exists? Mm -hmm. Except it's actually the previous governor, as you said, who called this. So technically it sounds like this governor was actually just in a holding pattern while this, um, this inquiry was being undertaken and probably any changes um, in light of an investigation that was already um, underway would not have been necessarily um, effective or... Let me add. Let me add to what uh, what my colleague just mentioned. It really doesn't matter which governor or the name of the governor sits in yes. the, the sits in office. The mm-hmm. point is that for the last three or four governors in mm-hmm. this territory, the problems they they're referring to, they said systemic. Yes. They said systemic. That means it falls within their their governance as well. So mm-hmm. all of them who were here before, the one who cited corruption who called for the coi he is just as guilty as the mm-hmm. one who's sitting there now the one who's there now is just is his time to execute uh it's a it's a in my opinion 
in my opinion. There's more to it, this story, than mm -hmm. just bad governance. Mm -hmm. There's more to it. And, and if your overarching recommendation is to suspend the Constitution but not look at putting mechanisms nor problem-solving mechanism in place, mm -hmm. then there must be another agenda. It can't be about good governance because in the end of the governor's no, mm -hmm. he said, to ensure the continuation of good governance. So he recognized that there's still good governance in the territory, but we have some issues within the good governance. Why is it and where is the reason to support a full suspension of our constitution, oh, only the section, only the section where our local people have a voice and mm -hmm. the part where they're responsible for, they're, they're, they're not suspended. Mm -hmm. Something is wrong. Something yeah, yeah. is wrong. That is why we're protesting because it, it's mm -hmm. not, it's obviously not about a commission of inquiry because if there's corruption that you're alluding to for a commission of inquiry that's required, you set out a clear path um, into delivering these findings. The very report you were able to, to release uh -huh. to us in a matter of 24 hours, we had to wait initially until June. It was what, um, Holy, about a week ago, they gave us the timeline to the, to the release of the report. Well, well, well let's, let's preempt that conversation. Remember, um, the commission of inquiry was already completed by the beginning of this year. Yeah, it was already completed. So it was just a matter of when they were going to release it, I think. Well, let's let's look at it. And we want it, we want the public to know mm -hmm. that for some reason, some unknown reason, there was a three month extension. There wasn't much more investigation to go to happen. Mm -hmm. But they asked for a three month extension. And mm -hmm. it somehow tied in to the arrest of the premier, and then there's this false sense of urgency to attract, to, to, to have the minister come to the territory to discuss mm -hmm. problems that you are aware of mm -hmm. three months ago. So really and truly, where's the sense of urgency and what exactly is it about? How is it more important one day after the announcement of the arrest of the premier mm -hmm. and not three months ago when the report was actually completed? If yes. they're not related. And, and I mean, if they're I not related. Like, um, Something needs to be, we need yeah. to ask those questions. They're, yes. they're very important. It's their timeline. Why, uh -huh. was the, why was the release of the report delayed three mm -hmm. months? Why was it created such a sense of urgency when the report is the same three months ago versus now when you released it? Yeah. I mean, I think some of it is probably a matter of optics. Like the world is now looking at BVI because of this arrest last week and going, uh, what is happening in that country? And so the UK, I'm sure, is feeling some sort of pressure, maybe from the US authorities and others, because uh, this also reflects poorly on them. And they're trying to say, well, hey, we've had concerns. Um, I think someone mentioned in the comment that obviously, uh, Jared says it seems like the UK was well aware of drug problems in the BVI and other issues. And so I think what they're now trying to do is say, hold on, don't, don't look at us. 
uh, we had concerns and let's release this 946 page document that shows you the concerns that we had and the fact that, you know, we have been carrying out a substantial investigation into this. Now, this, this oh, is- Wait, 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 hold on. One second, one second, one second. Just to be clear, just to be clear, nowhere in the report, nowhere in the report, identify areas of concern within relates to drugs. Amberly said to you earlier that okay. there have been situation with drug smuggling in the territory, right. but it was under the governor's watch and the police watch. It is very suspicious that the specific part that relate to that have not been in the report. In the report, the 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 the, so the this, police this, this report almost a thousand page report has no concerns about none, the none, about no force. concern, none, nothing that falls under the governor's portfolio is none. under investigation. And as, as a matter of fact, the report suggests the, mm -hmm. the recommendation is that the police chief will be given so, the authority independently to do his own cleaning up. Yes. But no further investigation should be done or conducted on the police department. Mm. And the police in our country, in this country, under the Constitution, is managed by the governor. The yes. police and the governor together manage the security of this country. Mm. So, so... <laughs> I mean, it, it says here at point three, the evidence looked at as a whole paints a clear picture with limited exceptions in terms of governance, um, mm -hmm. i.e. how government makes and implements decisions, the people of the BVI have been badly served in recent years, very badly indeed. I mean, do the, do the electric feel that way? Do you guys feel that way? Or is this a- uh, Well, this a well let's, let's, let's educate. We have a democratic process. I mean, if we feel so badly, so badly served, we would have been on the streets protesting to get our government removed. As and, and any, any, any one second Julio, but as within any democratic process, you are going to have the yays and the nays. And there are those who will be on the opposition side who will feel like things are going more in favor of people who are in support of the government. And that will, there will be that friction back and forth. That's what happens in a democracy. If mm -hmm. we don't like it, we can either force for an early election or when the election comes around, we can get rid of the party that wasn't doing their job. Mm -hmm. We don't say, listen, it is so horrible. We don't know what to do. Take us to a dictatorship. Mm -hmm. Who takes such draconian measures when mm -hmm. our constitution speaks to you trying to establish a modern relationship with us towards our self-governance and our independence? Who does that? In we should all... We also need to educate our public. I, I'm not mm -hmm. sure if you guys operate the same way, but I, I assume you do. Mm -hmm. In our constitution, in our cabinet, the governor or a representative of the governor's office sits in our cabinet. Despite yeah. not having a vote, despite not having a vote, they also influence decision-making coming from cabinet. They also have a voice in that debate. In many of the instances, anything that falls under the governor's group meaning when the governor himself is responsible for areas of discussion in cabinet, he is also expecting a particular result from the discussion. So he doesn't have to say... Uh-oh, Julio, your audio. Uh, it looks like your audio... Your, your, audio, audio, is, um, your audio is out. Oh gosh, he's still talking. 
Sorry, Amberly, one quick one quick second yeah. for me. Um, Julio, we can't hear you. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna mute him in any event. Um yeah. hopefully he'll catch on in a second that we can't hear you. But um our listeners have okay. have asked um that uh especially I think on radio. Mm-hmm. Um all right, Julio, we couldn't hear you at all for that last bit, so I'm not sure what happened. But uh, our audience has said that um if if you're speaking over each other, they can't really oh. hear it. So um, I know that I know that this is a very emotive uh, situation, obviously, and that both of you are very, very passionate about this. So, um, Amberly, let's go ahead and have your point, and then Julio will circle back to you so that you can kind of repeat that last bit that you were saying. No, I was just trying to stick a pin in to add just to what he was saying so uh-huh. that he can continue flowing. In addition to the governor sitting in cabinet, he uh-huh. can also present papers to cabinet uh-huh. for a vote and a decision by the government. Mm -hmm. If there has been concerns, where did you ever submit any papers to cabinet um, on issues with some of those concerns? Mm -hmm. Was that done? Um, These are things that were his direct duty. You have never done that. So I, I, you're, you're just as complicit in all of this. Right. He's not, he's not there to, take an active role constitutionally in the running of the government. Is that correct? No, that's how no. it is here. So what, right. So what, what I, and I think why it's, why the fight is so important for us. Mm-hmm. And I think the message that's not getting out there about us as a Virgin Islands people is some of our history after we were emancipated, we were left. So the, the uniqueness of our relationship with the, with, with, the UK is because of the treatment that they've given us over the years after we were emancipated. They left our islands for a bird sanctuary. They didn't expect that there was anything that can happen. So okay. we had to we had to craft our own path forward because of our, our relationship and our lo- geographic location with what was the Danish West Indies, now the US Virgin Islands, we were able to piggyback off of their structures and their systems and our forefathers Mm -hmm. went there to survive to feed us and we came up in that way so it's why we have closer relationships with the u.s government and the u.s president it's why our structures and our systems of democracy don't Mm -hmm. resemble those in the uk it is why it is it, it's a clear distinction. We we can't relate to each other. They don't mm-hmm. understand our systems because we've had to build them and I, from scratch. We've mm-hmm. had to rely on relationships with other countries to help us. We have had to do all of that. It is important to to also note the only thing to this date from our emancipation to this date that we have gotten from the UK is a prison. They have not contributed anything else. They don't help us towards education. Whatever we ask for, we don't need. You can finance on your own, whatever we ask for. So it is almost as a parent who gave birth to a child, Uh abandoned a child. The child grew up and became successful. Now the child can not only benefit you, the child competes in your international sphere. Because Uh remember, the UK don't produce anything. They don't make anything. Right. They don't manufacture anything. Uh So so all they have to hold on to is their economic sense of financial services or or finance. And we compete and dominate in that sphere. So now that you've left um, the EU and Uh and there's all of this that's going on, 
your systems and structures are not even stable, but you're trying to grasp and control ours after you have left us. And these so, are some of the, um, Amberly. these are some of the same concerns that we here in the Cayman Islands have as an overseas territory. I mean, you know, there is this overarching belief by um, a lot of people in this country that um, the relationship is not a uh, symbiotic one. It is perhaps one where the, the host is actually um, a parasite of sorts. And so um, many will argue that um, the concept of overseas territories and what we have uh, continued to be engaged in with the UK is not the most beneficial situation to us. But I just want to read point four and five, and then we do have a caller and some questions that are coming in um, for our guests as well. Um, one uh, point four of the summary says almost everywhere, the principles of good governance, such as openness, transparency, and even the rule of law are ignored. In many important areas of government, including the procurement of contracts, grants of assistance, appointments to statutory boards, the disposal of crown land, and the grant of residence and belonger status, discretionary decisions are made by elected officials, usually ministers on the basis of no criteria or patently inadequate and or unpublished criteria or criteria which are um, which are as often as not simply ignored. They can and do make decisions which expend huge sums of public money and affect the lives of all of those who live in the BVI as they wish without applying any objective criteria, without giving any reason and without fearing any comeback. Uh, number five says the relevant elected officials are well aware of this chronic lack of governance and the auditor general and director of the internal audit department, whose job it is to audit government accounts and government projects have consistently reported on these failures, indicated the dishonesty to which they might give rise and which they might um, obscure and identified what needs to be done to prevent their reoccurrence. These auditors have been brave, forthright, and clear in both their criticisms and their recommendations, but they have been consistently ignored. So we do have a caller who's joining the program. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the Cohort Truth. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, am I understanding correctly that at no time the governor proposed any legislation which the cabinet refused to move forward that would rectify the policing and um, any breakdown in governance uh, issues? Is that, is that correct? Not Absolutely that none. None Not that we're aware of. And we've been asking if you've done it and it didn't make it to the public, show us. Give and it us didn't make it to the report as well. Right. I, not that I'm well, aware of. If, since if, if that's the case, then how could it be claimed that, that the government should be removed because uh, they need the, the UK needs to do the right thing? Uh, it, it would sound to me as if they, the local government was never given an opportunity to do the right thing. And at no time did they refuse to bring the, the needed legislation or in the perception of the governor that would be uh, to address whatever concerns the UK might have. And if it, if it seems to me that the UK is trigger happy on the issue of um, of direct rule. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. let, me, 
that is why we're fighting because this is about direct rule this mm. is about this is about taking back over these virgin islands that you've once abandoned and it has there's no other basis for any mm. of it because let me go ahead go finish it. no you can go i, I just want to add I just, before i forget my my thoughts um on on the recommendation and the points that you're reading um at mm. no point no matter how drastic or um, um, draconian the the uh, points may seem, uh -huh. it does not validate nor does it give rise to uh, a taking over of the country. Um, uh -huh. What it says to me in those points is that, just like the caller just asked, this would have been the step or the time for the governor and the UK to say, okay, guys, let's come in the room together Let's sit down. You have certain responsibility in certain areas. Uh -huh. We have certain responsibility in other areas. Let's figure out how we can curve some of the behaviors according to the governor. But again, uh -huh. there's, there's a bigger agenda at uh -huh. play here. And I need to say this. This, uh -huh. this is not just about um, good governance. This is about a global British agenda. Um, you show incompetence. You show the inability of the local government to manage them own, their own resources. Emily uh, alluded to the UK leaving the EU. And now these territories are now becoming more important because of the vast variety of natural resources and the potential for economic growth. So mm -hmm. it's not about good governance because mm -hmm. if you are really concerned about good governance, you have had, we have had four governors before this commission of inquiry where the conversation about bad governance, local governance has always been in the, on the table. And we right. have seen legislation come down from the United Kingdom time after time to help curb spending, barring guidelines, all of this. And, and many of our governments have been adhering to those regulations. So there, there's absolutely no reason, none, in the report that would justify a taking over of this country. None. And, if I, and if I can just add, with, uh -huh. with the whole stress and emphasis on good governance, direct mm -hmm. rule is not good governance. That is less transparent than a democracy. Who, police, uh -huh. who polices the police? So you already have, you have a proven track record. Every about three weeks, police officers are dragged before the courts. And Julio can correct me if I'm wrong. Yes. You don't see that. You don't see that of public servants. You don't see that of our ministers. So if there's an issue at hand at this moment within whether the last three years, within whether the last four years, if there's an issue at hand, let's address that issue. Give our elected representative the opportunity to do good by us, the people. Let us mm -hmm. hold their hand to the fire and say, listen, fix this. You have gotten us in this position, fix this, or we will exercise our democratic right and we will have you removed from office. You right. don't come in and say to me, oh, we need the governance. Get rid of 13 elected representatives and allow one to sit. Right. I mean, is it is it possible that the people, I mean, it certainly wouldn't be the first time anywhere in the world, that the people themselves are not prepared to do to make those tough decisions? Maybe the people don't see their government in the BVI as being corrupt, even if they are. No, I don't think that's the issue. I think uh -huh. what it is, because of the interest in relationship between um, the governor, 
the governor and his responsibilities and duties and the elected officials and their responsibilities and duties, uh -huh. we need to play off of each other. Right. So if the governor is responsible for governance and structures within our service and so forth, and nothing is being done there. Right. And our government or local government is responsible for policies and execution of those things. If there's no structure and no systems, if they're um, not if they're not properly aligned, how can we run effectively and efficiently through them? We mm. can't do that. There will be issues. There will be hiccups. So now that we have the attention of everyone, now yes. that we understand the seriousness and the magnitude of this, and mm. we've known some of these issues exist, let us clean house. The same way you have allowed the police mm. to independently clean his house, and they're uh -huh. still coming before the courts, uh -huh. let us clean our house. We don't uh -huh. need you now to come and say, each of you are incapable. There's no capable person here in the BVI. And, you know, the people are just so badly um, disenfranchised and, 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 and things are so terrible here on the ground that I need to step in and take rule. Uh -huh. That is draconian. That is not aggressive and it is certainly not a modern state of relationship or governance we okay so let's just pause there for uh, one quick second I, 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 um i just want to um read a few comments and i do notice someone was inquiring about how to join the program so there's a couple ways that you can do it folks i'm going to go ahead and post the link so you can join in i do see miss katura we're going to get to you in just a second here who wants to jump in in the conversation you can so you can join in um video call and i've just put the link in the comment section you can also call the number here in the cayman islands which is uh area code 345-936-2626 as well so we do have um some viewers who are making comments of so flashpoint um, says the reality of the relationship with the UK is that they will do what needs to be done to destroy the financial services sector in both the Cayman Islands and the BVI as soon as we are independent. Carol makes the point, she says, look at what happens to Cayman auditors. Every time that they make recommendations and point out things, they promptly lose their contract and get replaced. Um, uh, Melissa says, great point caller. We thank you for your observation. Uh, Shana says, um, if we're in a partnership with the UK, the approach should not be draconian and violate our rights to democracy. Eden, good morning, Eden. Eden says, good morning. Thank you, Sandy. And huge thanks to the awesome guests for this important discussion among our Caribbean people. Denny, any further comments? Yes. Does, is there a provision in the BVI Constitution regarding proportionality? For, hmm. sorry? Proportionality. 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 E explain that for me. And what specific well, reason? Well, if you, if you want to kill a yellow bird, you don't use a cannon. Uh, hmm. Um... <laughs> We'll have to review the Constitution, but right now our Constitution is written in such a way that, that gives the governor overarching um, executive authority. So um, I think the only recourse we have as a country, as a government, the representative, is when they sit in cabinet to be able to carry the voice of the people and the policies. Um, other than that, everything else is managed and, and the governor has the final say. Yeah, to the, to the answer to your question, caller, it's no. There's none. Caller, he's online. That's un mm -hmm. It's unfortunate mm -hmm. that you don't have that provision, but 
proportionality is a provision that the UK government has to abide by. Mm -hmm. And your constitution order needs to be interpreted in light of that, um, uh, the UK's um, common law provisions. So what, what the rules are in the UK is how your constitution order would be interpreted because it's uh, a regulation made by the UK government, not, not, not a local statute. And so what I'm saying is that it, it, the UK might express the desire to want to control uh, BVI um, uh, more directly, but is it reasonable to, first of all, not give the government an opportunity to put in place whatever measures are needed to address um, crime and then claim that the government should be uh, suspended, um, that, that seems really wrong to me. If, if the governor had said, look, I need you to pass this bill because this will help me improve the police services, it'll make us safer, it'll deal with corruption, and then the government refused to do it, then mm-hmm. they could say, well, okay, we need to do something about you. Okay. But leave they never us, did that. Yeah, leave us there, Denny. We do have an international caller who's also trying to join the program on the phone line. Thank you so much. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the Cold Hard Truth. Hello. Hello. Um, am I on? Yes. Yes, you are. Good morning. Well, good morning, Sandy. This is Billy Simamba here. Uh, I, I just want to weigh in on uh, a couple of things regarding the BVI. First of all, very, very quickly, mm-hmm. I, I was very, very touched by the fact that um, Andrew Foy and, and Orin by Maynard were arrested because when mm-hmm. I used to work in the, Cayman, in the British Virgin Islands, I was there for four years, sometimes even acting as Attorney General. I got to know the two of them quite well, so mm. it's that really touched at my heart. Mm-hmm. But that's not the important thing. The important thing is this. First of all, I, I agree with the, the, the assertion that take, taking over the government is not the solution. Mm-hmm. You see, in the Bible, they say, physician heal thyself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If you look at the UK, if you look at the UK, it's a good country. Let's 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 not uh, generalize. It's a good country, but look at some of the scandals they've had. There was an arms sales scandal uh, to the Middle East to a certain named country. There, it was. It turned out that they were corrupt sales up to the very highest of government. There was a scandal about uh, knighthoods being given out for campaign contributions. Mm-hmm. I could go on and on. Mm-hmm. But nobody ever said, although it's not even practical, you can't say that you want to take over the government. But the point I'm trying to make is this. A lot of what came out in the report, those are things which governments always face every day. Mm-hmm. For example, I was reading last night, it was said, oh, but you see, when they were appointing people to different boards, uh, statutory boards, mm-hmm. there are no criteria. You know, they tend to just, um, once a new government comes in, then they bring in their own people. But that happens everywhere, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even in some of the more developed countries. So those are not sort of like really terrible, terrible things that should call for the taking over of, of, of a government. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't at all. Now, 
let me also say something about what the previous caller said about proportionality. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What he was referring to, because I've discussed it with him dozens of times, you see, under the Section 19 of the Constitution of the Cayman Islands, it says that all decisions of public authorities must mm-hmm. be lawful, rational, proportionate, and procedurally fair. Mm-hmm. What he was saying basically is that this thing where now they want to take over the government, mm. is it proportional to the problems that exist there? Right. Because mm. if it was say, an action of judicial review, the court would say, no, 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 no. You, you have killed a, a, a fly here. You are trying mm-hmm. to kill a fly here with a sledgehammer. Right. Why mm. don't they take the provisions of the, that report? which are very common all over the world. There are scandals. In Australia, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were sorry to digress. In Australia, they were exporting metals under false pretenses for a long, long time. But what they did was they said, okay, these are the recommendations. And the British government, if I can come back to the BVI, the British government now can say, we are going to put in uh, certain conditions that mm-hmm. you have to enact this legislation by this date, enact this legislation by that date. We'll give you technical help if you want for us to be, for you to be able to do it within the time allowed. Mm-hmm. Taking over the government, there is an ulterior motive. There is this idea that people of color cannot govern themselves. They have to be supervised all together. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. I'll be very brazen about it. Mm-hmm. And that the solution is not to work with them but to tell them what to do. Right. Thanks right. very much. It's good to see people from thank the BVI so discuss this issue. Yes, thank you, my dear. Thank you very much. So, I mean... If I, if I, sorry, if I can just... Sorry? Sure. Can I? Mm-hmm. And if I can just add a little on to what the caller said on the end, telling us what to do because we can't govern ourselves. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of the very problems we're having right now at this moment because here you are, the Overseas Territories representative, you're coming in and saying... Mm-hmm. We're coming in to have talks based on what has happened to see if we can come up with a solution. Mm. And we are not we are not a foolish people. The Virgin Mm -hmm. Islands, we're very small. It's it's a very unique place. You have had people here on the ground for quite some weeks. And it's it's a large amount of people that cannot justify to us that you have not already made a decision. You're not going to incur all this expense to bring people here if you really intend to sit at the round table and see how we can come up with a solution. You're coming with a solution for us and you're putting our backs against the wall and you're forcing us. So even the decisions that we make right now, we're making them under pressure and not a clear sound head. So it's almost as if you are setting us up all again and you're going to say, well, I came to have conversations, but really you came with a decision because we are being forced towards, okay, if it's not this way, then I will have to suspend your constitution. That is not right. That's not a conversation. Katura is going to be joining us. I believe you're ready. I have uh, Jaloma who's on, but Jaloma, it says device not connected. So you might want to just double check your feed. So folks, there's two ways in which you can join the program. You can give us a call on the phone line, which is 345-936-2626. That's direct call and regular phone. You can call via WhatsApp on that as well, because I know some of you might be overseas and you're looking to save on some phone charges. Um, And in addition to that, you can also uh, join via video link. So let's just see if uh, Ms. Keturah is ready for us. We just need you to unmute your mic, Ms. Keturah. Are you there? 
Mm -hmm. Okay. So it looks like she might've stepped away. So when she's ready, um, she'll come back to us. Jared, you've got some comments that you'd like to add to the conversation. Yes, Miss Sunday. You know the the, the the this not coming out of anywhere. Right? Your, your mic is horrible, by the way. But go on. <laughs> I don't know what's um. You're getting some kind of staticky. Oh, I think I have the um because I have it on on the computer. Yeah. So let's try to fix that. No, we can't hear you at all now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Just oh, there you go. We we can still hear you, but it's not any better. But okay. Yeah. Well, the the issue primarily seems to be with the spending that the BVI government has done and the, the UK's impression on them not cutting it because I did read the report and it did say okay usually percent of the budget. Now as it pertains to the to the the security problems, there's a security council which the commissioner the attorney general sits on. So it's it, it's a bit behoovering that the UK is going to act surprised when their foreign commonwealth office is well aware, as is the secretary, who they always send over on casual checkups, that they're not privy. They are privy. And if it is, I would want to be accusatory and say it was a setup. But why is the US in the Caribbean? Why is the US in the Caribbean, Sandy? The US always does that. Nobody's looking at the issue of, you, you can call it oversight, whatever. Did you, unless you're going to Puerto Rico or the U.S. Virgin Islands, come on. Did, did I, I'm not sure I understand the question. So the question is, why is the U.S. always in the Caribbean doing? Well, doing I, think, I think to add clarity. Sorry. What, I'm saying, what I'm saying, Sandy, is that certain bodies, governments, U.S. Mm -hmm. and the U.K. like to always come into certain Caribbean jurisdictions. Yeah. and say, mm -hmm. oh, we're doing this and we're doing that. And that is not the case because the U.S. pretty much planted a setup for for the premier because they knew they had the drug ringer, right? Well, let, let, let's be very clear about this because I, I don't want us to, to uh, put what has happened with the BVI premier at the foot of the U.S. government, right? We have an indictment paper and people on audio and video saying that they have been in the drug running business yeah. um, for 20 years in the BVI. And, and for 20 years, they've been untouched by whomever. Uh -huh. At some point, the, the, the authorities are going to come knocking at your door. And if your own government is unable to do so, um, you might get caught up in a U.S. sting operation. So, okay. you know, what I find so interesting, what I find so incredibly interesting about the sting operation mm -hmm. is how someone can come to you as a total stranger Mm -hmm. and put this this deal to you and you so willingly accept it if that's not proof that i don't know anything about andrew fai whatever his name is oh. but if that's not proof that he's corrupted his core so when his when nope. his director port said oh he's a little bit crooked sometimes okay. it sounds to me like he's a little bit crooked all the time okay. so let's not excuse so, bad behavior because we don't oh, do that in call her truth we, we have um, and, you know you know, if somebody falls for sting operation, that sort of thing happens every single day. If if you are a principled person and a person who isn't involved in money laundering, who isn't involved in having your country be used as a transport point to the to the um, other countries for drugs, and you know, it's so it was so shocking to me that not only were they willing to use their own country as a transport point, but the son of the um, of the port director was saying, oh, I actually need some of that good cocaine to stay right here in the BVI so I can make money off of it. Okay. So, so uh, Jared, be very, very clear yeah. here. 
Okay, so I don't mean, ever condone wrongdoing in any okay, way, shape, or form. If you get caught, you get caught. My question, my question is: so for twenty years, you mean to tell me the governor of the of the BVI previous ones did not know that there was a drug problem? They did, and the lack. Uh, of I mean, can we can we all not say to some extent that all territories and all jurisdictions oh, and all but, countries have a but drug have, problem, well, and it's a I, matter of catching? If I, if I let's not lose sight of let's not lose sight of mm -hmm. that is not a problem for the local government to fix. The police is responsible for security and law and order mm -hmm. and for corruption. So if you have a problem, a 20 year drug problem, and for 20 years I've had a governor, then you're complicit. I don't understand. That's, that's, I don't. The UK knows, but they and, have uh, And can I add, to this can I add my two 20 years, mm -hmm. Your police officers have been brought before the courts more than my government representatives and officials. Can I, I can I add my two cents? I just want to mm -hmm. be clear on the the affidavit uh, since we 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 brought up and invoked the mm -hmm. premier's conversation again. It is clear the information needs to be um, properly um, laid out. The, mm -hmm. the the CS who was the first point of contact who supposedly was communicating, somehow came to the island, an undercover DEA agent, came to the island specifically to do business, drug, high-level drug business, and he specifically said in the very beginning that he wanted a high-level official pointing at Andrew Foy. Decided that he was going to go and talk to the chief security officer for Andrew Foy. Then all of a sudden, the other set of group, the group of people, the Hezbollah people, suggested, no, maybe we could talk to Maynard first, get her involved, and then she, in turn, will get Andrew Foy involved. I, the question is this. Regardless of what happened, it's wrong. Nonetheless, mm -hmm. what the premier got himself involved in is wrong. And I agree with you to some degree that, you know, if you somebody with integrity and so forth, you don't just don't get yourself involved. You see the setup? Mm -hmm. You leave it alone. But we must question whether or not that he was a target, whether or not it was a organized something with the United Kingdom government and the U.S. in conjunction with the DEA, because the governor said that he did not know. He did not know that the DEA was doing an operation in the territory. Uh -huh. I find that hard to believe, knowing that a, a government agency, such as a DEA, would be running a sting operation on a head of state in another country without that country head of state knowing something is wrong. Mm. Somebody needs to ask I, I think, those I questions. I think that's a regular, I think they do it all the time, but we do have another- No, 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 no. DEA cannot operate outside a jurisdiction without the knowing, without the knowledge of the government they're operating in. It's a joint effort. Okay. Mm -hmm. there's, there's international laws that governs that. I mean, they have foreign offices in up to 60, uh, has 91 they, field They don't have no foreign office in our country. 60, 69. They don't, have, they don't have no foreign office in the BVI. They do not have any foreign office in the BVI. Well, it says that it becomes part of the U.S. embassy mission. So do they have an embassy in, in BVI? No, they don't. No embassy, 
no so foreign can, office, no consulate, I mean, none. That's a, that's a logistical question that we can certainly find out in terms of what their remit is. Yeah, I think this, yeah. no, the, question, the question that we need to ask is whether or not the governor was being truthful. Was he aware that there was an operation in conjunction with the DEA in the BVI? That's the real question. Yes. He was aware. All right, we do have uh, Ms. Richardson who's joining the program. Good morning, madam, how are you? Salama, good morning to everyone on this panel. Thank you so um, much. Well, first of all, because um, I'm joining in the conversation, I've been listening for a while. So I'll just mm -hmm. jump in where you guys are already at and then I will bring my point across. First of all, the governor was fully aware of this sting operation that was happening. It was a joint collaboration between the US and the UK in order to be here. And a lot of people don't understand how federals, especially DEAs work outside their jurisdiction. They will first contact the head of security in your country. They will find, they will then place something before them as to why and who I'm investigating and the cause for my investigation. They also have to give a layout to the head of security as to each and everything that they are doing so that that person is fully aware. So when there were all those um, drugs that were being found all over the place and all that kinds of stuff, the governor was never moved because he knew that it was part of that strategy. He was fully aware. So again, that they could not come here uh, to do any kind of operation without first that go ahead from the governor. The head of security has to give that and that person is the governor. Second of all, when you look at how this thing operation went by, no person who is any sort of drug dealer who is trying to move their load from point A to point B will care nothing about the COI or any of your political affairs in your country. They do not care. All they care about is moving my load from point A to point B and making sure that I get my money. That's all they care about. They do not strategically ask questions about the COI, strategically ask questions concerning shell companies, which will then infiltrate the, the, the FSC or the financial structure of that, of that country. These questions, if persons are looking carefully, were strategically placed in order to bring everything together. So now they're tying corruption to the country and they're, tying, and they're trying to mesh all of these things together. So that way they can have a valid reason for saying, I wanna take over your country. Now, if you look at the UK's track record, they are one of the most investigated governments there is, the most corruption that you can find, you will find in the UK. They sanctioned Russia not too long ago, yet three quarter of London is owned by Russian tyrants. They left, they left uh, and, and did this whole Brexit thing, and now they're gunning for different countries that they can find resources because the UK cannot sustain themselves, which is why they are known as colonizers all throughout history. In order to have something, someone else has to give it to us. So who are we conquering? And our situation is not unique. They attacked the Caymans first. 
Yeah. And they came with the exact same playbook. If you look at what happened in the Cayman and compare it to what happened, what's happening here now, it is no different. The only thing are the players are different. And we are not the last on the list because very few people are talking about this, but they're already talking about going to do a COI in Monsterat. Monsterat barely has 500 people, yet... They are one of the richest people in resources in the Caribbean. Their land is so fertile, you can grow almost anything over there. Plus, anywhere that you find volcanoes, you find gold, diamond, and you find oil. Mm -hmm. This is not so let me, something... Let me, um, let me just clarify one point here, because I think this is something that has creeped into the conversation. It's important. So yeah. one person mm -hmm. makes the following observation. They said, if the U.S. government is operating in your country, um, you don't know it. That's what the CIA and DEA does. They're only obligation is to protect the United States. They don't owe that country anything. They flew into Pakistan and killed bin Laden and didn't tell a single soul, but they wouldn't because they couldn't trust the local government. So to be clear, both the CIA and the DEA have that power. Now I can't tell you exactly where well, that here, power comes. Well, you well, can argue maybe that the US is overreaching, but that's a completely different. Well, um, well, here's the thing. They didn't trust the Pakistanis people because the Pakistanis people are not like BVI people who sit around and well, allow the government- Hold on and allow the, the governor, the, the same woman who came here, who was just investigated for corruption and her mm -hmm. same people were just fined thousands of pounds. She's walking down the street casually while she comes to see the people that she's about to take over peacefully. They, the old, that, now, when you look at what happened over in the U.S., as soon as the arrest was made, the first person that they went to report to was the UK in the House of Commerce, the House of Lords, who then called the governor and the governor then came and gave his speech. Mm. All of these things are tied. And I always tell persons, don't look at what the man in front of you is saying. Hear clearly what he's not telling you and put those pieces together. And we have seen for a very long time how these people actually infiltrate people strategically, even with broadcasting of different news. They have sent this negative stuff all throughout the Caribbean. I actually received a footage from BBC News from my nephew over in St. Lucia. Mm -hmm. And they so, are thinking that there's a um, narrative, go ahead. Yeah, let me let me just ask you guys this question now. So the the um, you've been protesting in your country, and sort of the majority are saying that um, direct rule is not the solution. What then, as we inch a little bit closer to the end of the program, well, what is the solution? How how do you how do you fix this? Okay, so have before, you looked at the the nine hundred plus page report and said that it has any merits to it, or do you believe that that report is completely without any foundation? And what's the way forward? Okay, let, so before I, I, before me, I get off, because I have a, a client who's going to walk in in the next probably five or ten minutes because I'm mm -hmm. at work. Um, first of all, the same uh, in terms of moving forward and putting things in order. And let me make one point before I do so. You had Milling sit down with a group of people that were hand-selected and business people who were hand-selected. And a discussion wasn't done. They came to give their recommendations as to why things have to be implemented and what the implications will be if it is not done. So they never met with the people, first of all. 
Moving forward, we already know, according to the COI, they've highlighted certain things. Again, things that they themselves are actually guilty of, and they don't even have rules to govern themselves. Now, we also have that, that, um, that, uh, that privilege of helping ourselves. The UK are not the only people who can give a hand in helping to, uh, to go over things uh, when it comes to laws and, and, and governing. If you have pointed out the weaknesses and showed persons, okay, you haven't done this or you haven't done that. We also have other friends and we also have other ties with the Caribbean, like, like OECS and CARICOM, who is willing to send over an independent body outside of the UK to then help to put certain legislations into place. But they don't want that. It is uh, So we now have to also when uh, persons talk about holding uh, those in office accountable, first of all, the same persons that they said um, have done all this corruption and all these kinds of stuff and have said that they're in bridge. If you notice, these people have come down and they are the same people who they want to now use to put certain things in place. If you're so corrupt, why do you still need me to sit at a table to help you put certain legislations and have me sign a, a whole bunch of documents from you? If I'm me, so corrupt, you want nothing to do with me. Let, let me add, let me add, and I want the people in the Cayman Islands to understand that the BVI people are good people. Mm -hmm. um, we, we, we are determined to do what's right in the best interest of the country. So we have a number of people, a large percentage of our population who does not condone wrongdoing. Um, mm -hmm. They are also asking for change. We have been asking for change ourselves, myself included. Um, so we, 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 will, we will welcome positive change where our people are involved in those change, our people are involved in, in the in implementation of those changes. Um, that's all we are saying. Um, we welcome the UK or anybody, any governing authority to come in and help us get on the right track. Whatever the recommendations are in the report, the, re the recommendations are not life-threatening. Their concerns or warrant further investigations. Let's be clear. I want people to understand they're not life threatening. Their concerns and their reasons for further investigation. So mm -hmm. when you do the further investigation, there are checks and balance within our governance structure to address those issues. The governor plays a major role in the governance of our territory based on the relationship that we have. We believe as a people, and I'm speaking for people who, who agree with my philosophy now because some people get a little technical. Mm -hmm. I believe people want good governance, they want clear, transparent governance, and they're willing to do whatever it takes as, far, as long as all of us are included in the decision-making. And that's what we're talking about. We say no to no UK rule. No, it's not necessary. We are at a stage right now, we cannot afford to go back in the UK, along with the queen herself, to be appalled, they should be embarrassed to see that they are now proposing holding a gun over a people's head when you are defending Ukraine's position to not have Russia invade their country. So it's all tied in. You can't be the judge, jury, all at the same time and then turn around to be the invader. It does not make any sense. So that's something they need to be aware of. 
it's yeah, Miss Richardson, I know that you have to go. So let's um, just get some final comments from you. Well, I agree with Sam completely. You cannot allow persons, you cannot, again, come to force my hand. If you're giving a recommendation, you are suggesting, you are giving ideas. Anyone mm -hmm. who comes into your house, your personal house, will mm -hmm. say, look, I noticed that you have a crack here in your wall. I noticed mm -hmm. that somebody, someone probably didn't do this, uh, this piece of architecture properly for you. I recommend that you get someone or you do this or you do that. You don't kick me out of my house. And then say, I'm going to fix your house for you according to my liking. When you're fixing it and you're not consulting me, are you doing it for me or for yourself? Yeah. And of course, the UK will, will make the point that it isn't your house, that you guys are still in overseas territory. And maybe the, the extension of this conversation is our overseas territories now having to decide um what the what the future of their constitution and governance will look like maybe that's the next conversation do you guys want to be an independent country so that you can say to the uk you you know you don't have the right to tell us to do anything because right now as it stands constitutionally of course they have the right whether or not they will exercise that or not i guess time will tell Ms. richardson thank you so much for thank joining you so the much. program we certainly oh appreciate those comments thank you we need go ahead Amberly. you go ahead Sorry, if I can add to the question that was posed earlier, what what do we propose right now? Because of the two issues that have been intertwined, mm -hmm. I think it's important. We have to prioritize and our priority mm -hmm. right now is not losing our democracy. Mm -hmm. So we have been focused on what can we do at this juncture to ensure that we do not lose our democracy and we have a no UK rule and our constitution is not suspended. That is what we've been focusing on. Our government or legislators have been in discussions for the past three days mm -hmm. and they have been coming up with solutions. We have start we've started to see some of those as recent as yesterday. They they are making changes, there are actions, um, but give our people time to fix and work along with for the time that this relationship exists. Work along with us to fix these issues. Not suspend my constitution and say, I am the sole person who knows what's right, who knows what's in your best interest. Because uh -huh. the reality is, you didn't think that I had a best interest. You, you have refused to educate our people on a number of occasions. Our tertiary institution that we have here, we fought for that and we built that ourselves with assistance from foreigners and friends. You don't contribute to our development, but now that we have developed, you're trying to say, you know what's in my best interest. You don't. And time as they are working right now to come up with changes and solutions to see us through this period. Mm -hmm. And may, may I ask a question in terms of what is happening right now? Um, who, who's your acting premier? Uh, Natalia Wheatley. Honorable Natalia Wheatley. And she was a minister in the government. He was a deputy He was a deputy premier. Right. He's the acting premier. I, I just want to add one final comment if you get ready to close up, is that we need to be clear. We are not properties, nor no, no, do the UK own us. The UK is established as the administrating powers for the time being until we as a people decide what direction we want to go in. So we need to be clear. We need to stop using this type of language. They do not own us. 
It is not their country. They don't have any country rights. They are the administrating power based on history and the setup of these territories. So let's be clear on that. I, I, I don't want people to continue to talk about the UK owners. No, we're not property. Mm -hmm. The days of property owning where you own human beings it has finished. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, we do have um, a few other comments that are coming in via WhatsApp. So we have a question here from a listener who says, good morning, I'm Sandy. Can you please ask your guests the following? What are the benefits of continuing being in overseas territory? And number two, is it not time for these OTs to walk away from the mother country? I am 100, 200% believe that it is time for us to move on. We have already matured. Um, even in, as an independent country, you will find yourself in some of these same situations where you will continue to need to be improving. Mm -hmm. So yes, we need to move on. It's time for us to now say goodbye to any type of overarching colonial concept of mm -hmm. somebody else dictating and manipulating the people's minds. We are capable, as small as the BVI is, as small as we are, ladies and gentlemen, we are very resourceful people. We have done things that people never thought that we could do. We came out of major hurricanes. We've We've been faced with the same global challenges with finance and look at where we are today. We are not the best, but we are doing really, really good. And it's the hard work of mm. the local people, not the UK, not anybody else. We've had friends and other persons, yes, assisted us. And mm. we are grateful for that. We will continue to develop relationship with others but it, on our terms, not on the UK term, mm. not on anyone else's term. It's time for us to move on as a people. All right. We've got a caller on the line. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Thank you. Um, I want to make a point of, but the com there was a comment made that uh, it's our constitution. That That isn't correct. <clears throat> the BBIs, what what is called a constitution in a colony like BBI and like the Cayman Islands mm -hmm. We're not a colony. is not local. Sorry, you, go ahead. you are a colony. Go ahead. Go ahead. I'll comment after. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Caller. Did we lose them? I think we did. Are you able to hear me? I hear you now. Uh -huh. Okay. Um, the 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 what what the documents that exist in Cayman and the BBI are constitutional orders, uh -huh. meaning an order made by the UK cabinet laid on the table in the House of Commons to be called okay. BVI constitution or a Cayman Islands constitution, but that is misleading. If you think that it's your constitution, then I want to see you amend it. Mm -hmm. I want to see you go and amend it yourself. I'm telling you, you can't do it. And the reason you can't do it 
<clears throat> is because you didn't create it. And the, mm. and the only authority that can amend uh, a document like that is the one that created it. Mm-hmm. It's not your document. And so the, the, the reason this is important to recognize is that you're, you're boxing yourself into a, a, a belief that isn't based in legal reality. And, and in order to move forward on, on a, a proper footing, you have to understand where you are legally. You mm-hmm. are a colony called an overseas territory, mm-hmm. just like the Cayman Islands is. Mm. No it's no ands, no buts, or any supposes about it. Right. And, and what's important to understand is, is what was previously said, is that <clears throat> the UK, when, when it became unfashionable to have colonies, mm-hmm. they, the, the colonies were put in, essentially in a trust in the UN. Mm-hmm. And and the and and so the, the idea is that the colonies would be developed in a way that would be in accordance with the aspirations of the peoples and the respective territories. But the UK is saying, well, since we're running it, mm-hmm. we're gonna have some say in what happens. But that's not the same as, as saying that they they have possession of us. They gave up that aspect when they put the, the territories in the UN structure for the purposes of the people deciding, um, giving the people the, the right to self-determination to determine where, they're, where they would take themselves in the future. Mm-hmm. But, but make no mistake about it. The, the, the structure is imperial, it's colonial, and the reason you're having that the, the heavy-handedness you're having is evidence of that. And if, and and earlier it was talked about. Well, well, is this a, um, a, a relationship that's beneficial to both parties? No, it's not. There, um, we had the same problem. All of this stuff is so just. I mean, this is. You're talking, you could just be talking about K-Man right mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. That's right? right. We have the same problems. And and, right. and I have a friend who says, um, when you talk about having a, a mutually beneficial relationship with the UK, mm-hmm. that is asking a lot. Because the only kind of relationship that the UK likes to have is one that uh, is like that between a horse and a rider. And I can assure you that in this relationship, we are not the writer. Okay. And the UK is, <laughs> sounds, is sounds going more to like try it might be a, 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 it might be a um, rider and a donkey, not even a horse. But Denny, <laughs> um, leave us there with those comments. We do uh, have a caller um, from BVI who was trying to get on the call. We'll encourage them to call back. Um, again, the telephone number is 345-936-2626. Uh, folks, in about Two and a half minutes, we do have to end the program on radio, but what we will do is we'll continue the um, the stream a little bit longer because there's a lot of you who are obviously very, very engaged in this conversation. But our radio link is very, very precise, so the radio show will end at 9.30, and then we'll continue the conversation on our social media uh, channels. Good morning, caller, and welcome to the program. Good morning, Sandy. How are you? Good. Thank you so much for calling. Hi, this is Shana. Hi, um, Shana. I know I was butchering your name earlier. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have it on point. Um, a great conversation today. I'm really happy to see the engagement that we're having. Um, mm-hmm. And of course, I'm 
calling in to support my countrymen and women mm-hmm. um, in the conversation. And, you know, it, it's a perfect storm, Sandy. There's so many things going on here on the ground yes. that I know um, we have the attention of the world literally on us. And there are a couple of things, though, that we need to, um, as Sam was, you know, expressing earlier, that we need persons to understand. Um, so I just want to touch on a few things. One mm-hmm. about, you know, the question of independence keeps coming up. And it's something that we've been talking about on territory talk for quite a few months now, that it's important for people to become more educated about what all rights are as a people mm-hmm. for self-governance and what that would look like. You know, Cayman might do something different to Montserrat, something mm-hmm. different to Bermuda. But it is something that I think that situations like ours, Situations like what has happened in PCI, um, mm-hmm. and which, by the way, they went on a direct rule and they were no better off for it. So, you know, mm-hmm. there it is. Over a decade later, they're still trying to prosecute supposedly the wrongdoers. And that, for me, is something where it's a clear indication that we had to resist the suspension of our constitutional order. Mm-hmm. We couldn't allow it to just happen because, again, there's a precedent that this is not necessarily the best solution or the optimal for anybody, you yes. know? And we we feel as a people, you know, all of us aren't criminals, all of us aren't bad. We yes. have been on the ground, voices like myself, Sam, and um, Amberly, talking about the things that need to change. I Shana, can I just for- um, pause you for one quick second? We do have to uh-huh. um, just end our Close radio up. program, okay. but just hang, hang on there because we'll continue on social media. So folks, if you're listening to Bobo 89.1 FM, thank you guys so much for tuning in. We'll continue the conversation on our YouTube and uh, Facebook channels and radio audience. Please have a pleasant day. Feel free to watch us um, on streaming live now as we continue the conversation. One second, Shana. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings. All right, folks, thank you so much for your indulgence. So just a reminder that um, the show is 7.30 to 9.30 on radio. We have to be very, very precise with the timing because they have other things um, in the queue that are scheduled. But of course, here in social media, we have some flexibility. So we will continue the conversation. Shane, are you still there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so we, yeah, again, I was saying, we have been community um, advocates. We heard, you know, in the introductions of, of us, um, you know, that we have been lobbying for change. We have been lobbying for good governance. When there have been issues, we've called it out. But, you know, the key thing that we want to make sure everybody understands, especially for us, the Foreign and Commonwealth and Development Office is, has a responsibility to play in the governance of the territories of the UK. And I think somebody mentioned it earlier. They come and they do check every year. So when the question was raised in the report by the commissioner as to why has has these governance issues been allowed to languish so long, Mm -hmm. that's not a question so much for us alone, you know, because again, if we're going to be using words like partnership, then the other partner in this relationship also needs to act 
I mean, answer the question in terms of are they saying that they had no clue as to what was happening, you know, whether it's public service issues, whether it's the crime problem, um, human trafficking, drugs, whatever the case is. You know, it mm-hmm. can't it can't be just a one sided conversation. And I mm-hmm. think that is the thing that really upset a lot of people in that first it's like, okay, we did the report, we did the, the COI, there's a report, but we're not gonna allow to see it until after we've had a conversation with the legislators about it Mm -hmm. and with that you know again that was a false uprising because we're like well how are you going to have a conversation with legislators representing the people without the people knowing what the uh recommendations are and Mm -hmm. to say well this is what we agree with you know whether this is an accurate depiction of it or not you know i wasn't surprised with in terms of the flat on the report. Mm-hmm. You know, the commissioner came in, if all he sees is a negative aspect of my society for the last 18 months, mm-hmm. I probably would have written the same thing because that's all he knew. It's not mm-hmm. that he went out with Emily and I and, and, and had a conversation and understood. You know, we have been talking, you know, for, for, for years now mm-hmm. about the concerns that we have and it's a matter too of our culture. And we have all this in all the islands, especially Caribbean politics. You know, we understand some of the dynamics that are at play here and it's nothing unique to us. The, mm-hmm. the, the, the thing for me, though, is that we need to be solution-oriented. We have to be solution-oriented. So you have 45 recommendations. Mm-hmm. You know, you have four overarching. And was anything else considered besides just suspending the Constitution as a way to go about it? Fine, you want to say you're removing the persons that may be part of the problem. But then that doesn't mean there aren't other persons that can help solve the problem. And that's where, you know, we, we, we said, no, we, we can't have this conversation from this perspective. This, this has to be changed and we have to be included. So I'm really proud of our legislators in the short space of time that was allowed, that they were able to put something on the table to the Minister of Overseas Territories and mm-hmm. say, hey, we're not going to just lay down and say, well, you know, we were bad children and, and yes, we need to be disciplined. And therefore, whatever you want to come in to do, you can come in to do. Nah. So I really have to give kudos to those guys um, in, the, in a post. Hold on a second, I'm going to wrap right here. And say that, let's go through this process of the, the, the negotiations. Um, and, and again, it's country above self. Because once we can get to that place on the ground that whatever we need to do to make sure that we save our country, 70 plus years ago, our forefathers marched down the street to the governor's office with a petition to say to the UK government, we wanted back local representation because we're being governed out of the Leeward Islands Federation. Okay? And as a result of that, our social and economic development was basically non-existent. And this is post-emancipation. So if we fought hard for that, that wasn't anything that was given to us. We were the ones as the people that got up and said, we want back our local legislators. So it's not something that we are willing to give up so easily because our history has taught us differently. That was the catalyst for us to develop ourselves economically, socially, and politically into the world powerhouse that we are. And we can't, we can't put that history and heritage to shape. So I will pause there, Sam. Go. Thank you so much, my dear. And uh, Melissa, yes. on the comments, I just want- says, um, yes, Sam, I agree with you. They don't own us and our forefathers bought the land. 
Uh, Charlene said, Denny, um, it was on Target. Al, uh, joining us from Georgetown, says, when the Caribbean uh, wake up and realize their greatness, it will be a great celebration. The so-called motherland is not Europe. Uh, Joseph joins the conversation. Uh, he says, let's look at this for what it is. You have the leader of a country who despicably would use his position to facilitate the trafficking of illegal drugs for financial gain. And it would appear that he is once more trying to use uh, his position to get out of jail and avoid the consequences of his actions. Well, I have no sympathy for him and I hope the U.S. holds him until he is tried. Secondly, there are some people who seem to wish to separate from the U.K. so they can do as they please without answering. And unfortunately the comment got cut off. Jared uh, is up next. Um, I see Katura here, but I'm not sure if she's just listening, if she actually wants to participate in the conversation. So remember folks, there is a link that you can join the show, but that's um, if you want to actually join in and come on the screen. Jared, um, some more comments from you, please. Yeah, you can hear me now, Sandy. Yes, much better. Thank you. Okay, so yeah. So what I was alluding to where some people may not have understood what I was trying to say is that when we look at the demise, well, certain demises of countries like Haiti, Grenada, and Jamaica, we notice that there usually was some involvement by a superpower. There is no denying that fact. That mm -hmm. did happen. What I'm seeing here in Haiti's case, it looks a bit suspicious that the timeline with everything coinciding seems to line up. Now, mm -hmm. the governor there in the BVI has said it's not related. Truth be told, Caribbean people weren't born yesterday. And <laughs> it, it, it sounds very funny in a sense where it's like, but we know you are watching it. The governor mm -hmm. is watching it. We know that the governor was privy to certain talks, even if we were not privy to it. And just because the media is saying this is what is going on does mm -hmm. not mean that that happened in its entirety. And that doesn't mean that what I'm saying is that there are things going on behind the curtain and it's looking behind the curtain. Just because you don't see what behind the curtain don't mean it don't happen because we, we can clearly see that independent countries like Jamaica, Haiti, and Grenada have, 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 have had certain repercussions that did happen. Mm -hmm. Now, what I will bring to your attention, Sandy, is that the, the most honorable Mia Motley at the financial symposium where all the heads of government came, she said this, the, the British overseas territory countries are being penalized as if they're large countries. Why do I bring this? Because they were talking about financial issues, money laundering, things like that. So she pointed mm -hmm. that when the US and UK and Luxembourg and Switzerland, are they adhering to their rules? No, they're not. Why do I bring that up? BVI and the Cayman Islands operate as large financial centers. But every year, we have to adhere to stringer and stricter financial rules which i don't know if the other countries uk us adhere to or even canada right now when we look when we come at a uh, microscopic level and we look at it at a micro level the, the fact of the matter is there are criminal elements out there right why has the governor not really put much direction into it i don't know but that is his responsibility based on the report that was put forth they said that they don't think the constitution is fit for purpose. The problem is when you suspend the constitution, you suspend the rights of the citizens within that country. 
That is a fact. Now, when it comes to the public service expenditure, right? Mm -hmm. Let's say we cut half of the people in the BVI, right? The services aren't going to be running as they would have. So then you would see a fluctuation in, in the normal capacity that BVI would, would operate at. And the, B, and the UK government would say, well, see there, they can't manage what they're doing. So what I'm saying is that if the BVI does good, the United Kingdom has criticism. If the BVI does bad, the United Kingdom has criticism. And when it comes to building a relationship and managing that relationship, what the BVI is seeing is that the management and the communication back and forth, the dialogue that's supposed to happen, does not happen. That, that is the big issue. And so what BVI is seeking to do is to, let's come to the table. You have concerns, so do we, right? Mm -hmm. But when you have a governor who comes to the Caribbean, who does not know the cultural element, the slavery, Sandy, who feels it knows it. We born and we grow here. So don't tell me some Tom Dick Harry from mainland going know how the Caribbean run. We know right, how we, we, um, we know how this run. Let's leave it there, Jared. We do have um, a statement coming out of uh, CARICOMS. The Caribbean community has also expressed what they say are deep concerns over recommendation by the Commission of Inquiry, um, again, to suspend the constitution of the British Virgin Islands. And basically, the suspension of that would allow the United Kingdom to exercise direct rule to fix governance issues. In a statement issued yesterday, CARICOM says that it supports the BBI government and its in their recommendation. And the 15-member trade bloc uh, notes that the Virgin Islanders and their elected representatives can implement changes needed to ensure better transparency and accountability without the UK directing or imposing, my apologies, direct rule. CARICOM said that direct rule will be a retrograde step towards the colonial uh, period and that the imposition of direct rule and the history of such imposition in the Caribbean was never intended to deliver uh, democratic governance or to be an instrument of economic and social development of our countries and peoples. This is a direct quotation from their statement. They go on to say that CARICOM believes that any action to suspend the House of Parliament in the BVI and impose direct rule from London would be inconsistent with the United Nations Universal Declaration of Human Rights. So this goes back to the point uh, that Denny was making. Accordingly, CARICOM reminds the United Kingdom of its uh, international obligations in respect of the UN's resolution 1514 of 1960, where um, the United Nations Declaration on the Granting of Independence to Colonial Countries and People. So folks, there has been, it's changed names. It, it was, um, Denny, you might have to remind me of this, but I think at the time that we were involved in it, we actually, um, myself, um, Denny, Billy Adams, the chamber, we, um, well, I think I went on behalf of our small group, but back in, oh gosh, I can't remember what year that was now, but, you know, we went to New York before the United Nations uh, Decolonization Committee of, I want to say it was 23, forgive me if I don't quite remember the exact name, but most countries around the world, most um, colonies, if you will, have been decolonized. There are very few overseas ter territories left, which is the newest uh, word for um you know, a colony because they felt that the, the term colony was was antiquated and it certainly has a very negative history associated with it. But of course, no one can forget history because if we forget that, we will never know exactly where it is that we're going. So 
the, the remit for decolonization has been part of the UK's, uh, the United Nations, my apologies, agenda since at least the 1960s. Uh, they're encouraging all parent companies to push countries um, towards independence. And yet there are countries such as the Cayman Islands where largely, thank you, Denny, he says decolonization of 24. Um, there are a lot of countries still who want to have this relationship with the UK where they don't want to go independent. Um, but, you know, the truth of the matter is the UK is, is slowly pushing us out the door in any event. So I just wanted to share a quick video to put, put it in context in terms of what the rest of the world is seeing. Uh, because we, we have a, you know, con we're having a conversation here amongst us as Caribbean people. Like uh, Jared just said, you know, we're Caribbean people. We, we have a sense of what's going on here within our individual countries. And yet the narrative that is out there in the public for the rest of the world to see may not necessarily be the truth of the matter or may not necessarily be what the people of uh, the individual overseas territories want the general public to hear. And that's why I wanted to have this conversation this morning, folks, because I do think it's important to give the people of BVI a voice um, to educate ourselves as Caymanians because, you know, we have some parallels in our story, but yet there's still some unique elements to it as well. So have a look at this video that I found uh, making the rounds. There's trouble in paradise. For years, the British Virgin Islands has been where the ultra rich set up shell companies, which are shrouded by secrecy and weak governance. So weak, the BVI governor set up a special commission last year investigating cronyism, widespread misuse of public funds and possible links to drugs. Then yesterday, the Premier Andrew Foy arrested by the Americans in Miami in connection with a cocaine plot. And this afternoon, a bombshell announcement with the publication of a long-awaited report into alleged corruption in the British Virgin Islands that will ricochet through the Foreign Office here. The Commission found that governance on the islands was so bad, they're recommending temporary suspension of elected government itself and replacement with an advisory council. In other words, direct rule from here, London. If approved by the Privy Council, which could happen within weeks, Day-to-day -day control would pass to the BVI governor, career diplomat John Rankin, who'd appoint an executive council. Rankin said the commission had concluded... ...with a particularly heavy heart that unless the most urgent and drastic steps are taken, the current situation with elected officials deliberately ignoring the tenets of good government, good governance, will go on indefinitely. The Foreign Secretary, Liz Truss, said substantial legislative and constitutional change is required to restore the standards of governance that the people of the British Virgin Islands are entitled to. Your BVI government says transparent commission of inquiry is welcomed. Premier Foy had embraced the commission when it was set up, and many in the BVI will see suspending his government as the old colonial power throwing its weight around. As for Foy's arrest, the commission and its findings are totally separate, insists the BVI governor. Foy's indictment is like reading a Hollywood script, accused of helping Hezbollah and the Sinaloa cartel try to smuggle cocaine through the BVI ports. But the commission recommendations are to be welcomed, say anti-corruption campaigners. 
Well, where are we today? We have a situation where the elected premier of the, of the island has been arrested on suspected drugs trafficking uh, offences. You've got a commission of inquiry saying there's endemic corruption. You've got our research, which points to 92% of money laundering and corruption money that flows through the overseas territories being in the British Virgin Islands. It's a pretty damning picture and it, it's all come together very quickly, really. It, it's clear that urgent and decisive action needs to be taken to reverse the direction of travel. Trouble in paradise, indeed. Can I can I address that? Sure, and we do have. Um, oh, I'm um, sorry, Sheena. Are you still on on hold? Oh, I think I she, was. I oh, I'm just about to drop off. Yeah. My apologies. I did I'll, not. I'll keep viewing. Yes, I did not realize <laughs> you okay. were still there. I, I want I want the. Uh, Okay, thank you so much, my dear. I want I, I want the same people who uh who just view that video to fully understand the the machinery behind the propaganda. On island right now in the BVI and before the release of the report, before the arrest of um Premier Foy, um there were a team of individuals and they're still here, renting homes staying in hotels, they have technology, computers and cell phones and listening um, devices, and they are creative in um, media, um, you name it. When it comes to assassinating one's character, let me tell you a little bit about the BVI. We are one of the most stable economical countries in the Caribbean. We have one of the best financial services center in the Caribbean. We have one of the most attractive tourism product in the Caribbean. We have some of the best and most loyal, honest people in the Caribbean, in the BVI. I'm not speaking against anyone else. I'm simply telling you that's all narrative. We have others now who are trying to create a narrative for us so they can sell their story and try to paint the BVI as a bad place. I'll say this last. Let's look at the information that was handed out. Our report that was concluded by the end of 2021. It was sat on and asked for extension in January of 2022. It coincided the release in April or May or whenever it was released, April, um, to, to connect to a arrest. So people like who you just saw on that video can say, you see what I told you? There's rampant corruption. It comes straight from the top. The question is, when was the report actually finished? Who was previewed to the report? The undersecretary, the minister, and those who are now trying to push direct rule on us. The, uh, were you aware of the sting operation going on in our territory? And what is it orchestrated to demonstrate, to prove your point that we have corruption in the territory, even though it's not connected, but guess what? It's still connected. Um, it, a lot of questions need to be asked, but nonetheless, the BVI is a beautiful place, wonderful place. We have one of the best. It's one of the reasons why we have so many investors coming to the BVI because we have an honest, fair, transparent government. We have a system that needs improving. And like every other system, even in the independent mm -hmm. ones, we're going to get there.
All right. Well, thank you, um, Amberly. Some final comments. And folks, don't forget that after this, we do have a little competition you guys can participate in. We're actually giving away a pink Mercedes, so don't miss out on it. Amberly? Yes. Um, I thank you, Sandy, for this platform. Um, as uh, my colleague Julio said, to pretty much let the people know who we are here in the Virgin Islands. What you saw in that video, that is unfortunately a narrative that has been running for a very long time and or financial services sector they are it's 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 a solid economy and they're not accused of any wrongdoing they've tried to attack them many times from that angle of having people hide their money they abide by all international regulations um Whatever they're supposed to do, it is done within the sector. And that's why we remain stable. And that's why it continues to thrive. Unfortunately, there's a constant attack against our financial services industry. Unfortunately, there's a constant attack against our, our, our territory. And it is unfortunate that we have found ourselves in this place right now. But allow the systems and structures that are in place to work, one, and those that need assistance, we are working together at this present moment. There are conversations happening. There are negotiations happening. The BVI is not a tainted place. It's not a bad place. Um, and we do have honest citizens here. We do have honest leaders here. And we will get out of this and we will get out of this together. And we thank you, our fellow Caribbean brothers and sisters, for standing with us, for giving us a platform. We very much appreciate it. And it is just unfortunately one of these um one of these attacks or things that we we have come mm -hmm. to used to as um OTs of of uh Britain, of the UK. Mm -hmm. It's it's unfortunate, but what you are seeing is indeed not the picture or we will not stand for a suspension of our constitution nor will we stand for direct rule um we it's 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 not an option on the table for us as a people and we will do what we need to do to ensure that we continue to move towards an independent state and people and not a colonialist rule Thank you so much. So that's uh, Mr. Julio Henry and Amberly joining us this morning. Um, Amberly Crab was the last name, right? Yes. Um, thank you both so much from the British Virgin Islands, folks. It's been a super engaging conversation. I don't log out yet because we actually have a special guest that is going to be joining us um, tomorrow morning. And um, what we're going to do now is we're going to have you guess who the guest is, right? And up for grabs. Check it out, folks. It's a pink Mercedes just for you guys. It's time to play Guess the Guest. This Thursday's edition of The Cold Hard Truth will feature a visit from a very special guest. But who? Give it your best guess and you, yes, you could win your very own hot pink Mercedes. Okay, so it's kid size, but it's still a Mercedes. Post your best guess right now on the live stream or radio listeners call in on 935-2626 for your chance to win right now. All right, folks. So having a little bit of fun uh, with you guys, as we often do um, here on the program. Julia, were you trying to say something? Sorry. I think your guess is Joe Biden. 
No, it's not. But good, good guess. But uh, that's not it. Uh, we would have had to have shipped that Mercedes off to you. So, folks, it's a kid size uh, Mercedes. So if you've got grandchildren and little kids or whatever, this is perfect for them. Little toddlers can get in there and drive around. It's got the little remote control for the parents to be able to control it. So let's let's see the guesses. John, you want to hang around and see who who guesses correctly? Um, so we have Barbie and Ken, says Damien. <laughs> nope. Uh, Chris Saunders, no. Um, Anne says, as one of the most um, compliant financial services industries, the video is a common narrative to compromise our success and alter the truth with a narrative contrary to the truth. The unfortunate alleged actions of the BVI premier is a hapless finding at a critical time. Um, thank you so much for that. And by the way, we also see um, Alric Lindsay. Good morning, Alric, an attorney here in the Cayman Islands and former political candidate also weighing in. And Alex says, fact number one, many of the companies that are used for money laundering and other acts um, actually are formed in Delaware, Nevada, and California, and yet they're not mentioned in the media. Uh, London was cited as a location for money and property held on behalf of the Russian oligarchs, and yet London was not shut down, and no substantial negative media campaign was done in respect of London. So again, showing the disparity that exists. Good morning, Mr. George. Are you going to try a guess at... Uh, the guest, yes. the guest. Yes, Miss Sandy, it was wonderful. That program could go on this morning for another two hours. Oh, my goodness. Thank you it so much. Wonderful. But um, maybe one of your guests that's coming on tomorrow will be a representative from the Chamber of Commerce to talk about this Mercedes. <laughs> um, no, it's not. It's not a Chamber member. So, nope. But that's a good guess. Very good guess. I like it. Um, Jared, thank you so much, honey. Mr. George. Jared says Juliana O'Connor Connolly. Nope. Gigi is guessing Sabrina or Kenneth. Um, Gigi says Chris. Trisha says Andre Ebanks. Uh, Marshall was also going to Chris, uh, the deputy premier. Ding, 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 ding. Ignacia, you are the winner. It is none other than Governor Roper. Imagine our own governor will be on the program tomorrow. So congratulations to Ignacia. Charlene came in at a second, uh, a close second there with, looks like they were just neck and neck, probably seconds apart. Um, Paul was hoping that it would be Mr. Famous again, MP Famous. Um, Moya says Billy Adams. Um, so no, Ignacia got it right. Yes, it is the governor. So thank you so much, Mr. Julio and everybody else. So listen, folks, in addition to that, you're also going to get a gift certificate for Waffle Monkeys. Big shout out to Waffle Monkeys for $20. And I can tell you one thing, a $20 gift certificate at Waffle Monkeys will get you an entire meal. This will go far. Uh, Waffle Monkeys has some amazing sausage rolls, homemade donuts every single day. They make these from scratch, as well as a variety of um, waffle-inspired um, you know, items. So yes, Ignacia, uh, you got yourself a hot pink Mercedes. Um, it, it's it's a hand-me-down, so slightly used. You know, you can't afford even the toy Mercedes these days. But listen, if you've got a kid in your life, whether it's a child of your own or a grandchild that's the right age, I trust me when I tell you they're going to love driving around in this Mercedes. Gigi says she wants a ride tomorrow in the Mercedes. So we are pleased to announce that for the first time ever, on the Cold Hard Truth, we will be having um, Governor Martin Roper join us on tomorrow's program. So do tune in for that, folks. It's uh, sure to be another exciting uh, show. Have your questions ready. Have your comments uh, ready as well for the program. And that's it. So fantabulous uh, show today. 
good people of the Cayman Islands. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. We had a little bit of fun towards the end there. And uh, we will see you guys tomorrow morning at um, 7.30. So Lizette says, I need a ride to the administration building. <laughs> it's a one-seater. So there's no room for carpooling. But uh, that's that's good. That's good. All right, folks, you guys be good. And we'll see you tomorrow morning at 7.30 a.m. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Cold Hard Truth on Bobo 89.1 FM. Cayman's number one talk show is live weekdays from 7.30 a.m. Never miss an episode again. Watch anytime on CMR's Facebook and YouTube channels for the latest show episodes. Don't forget to follow us online on our social media channels and visit CaymanMarlRoad.com for all the latest news and community happenings.